Welcome back to Start Spreading the News. We are back from our hiatus. The Rangers are World Series champions, and the New York Yankees are uh, maybe auditing or not auditing. We don't really know how that's going to work. Uh, joining me, I'm Daniel Martin. Joining me, as always, is Jacob Jalvo, Jacob Gruber. We have OJ from Stanford, Connecticut. We have Gruber from beautiful Los Angeles, California. Oh. No. Oh, my God. You're first, right. He's back. He's back on the East Coast, ladies well, and gentlemen. The first time. Uh, returning to New Jersey for the first time since we started recording. Yeah, yes. first time we're recording. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. Recording on the East Coast. We're all on the East Coast for the first time. We have Jacob Gruber. How are you guys doing? Gruber, I'll let you go first. Doing well. Happy to be back for Thanksgiving, and I'm um, happy to talk some Yankees. We have some uh, cool things in, in in the in the mix, or uh, hopefully, hopefully it all it all works out in the end. There's a lot of uh, a lot of hope and a lot of ifs. Yep, absolutely. Doing well as well. Um, yeah, it's, I missed missed get getting the groove of the podcast, but uh, happy to be back talking Yanks. Um, and yeah, we'll join you on this Sunday night with the break in between that NFL game. So we thought, why not record a podcast for the people? So here you go. Yeah, we're going to try to do this at least like semi-regularly in the off season or regularly. We'll see uh, yeah. how much Yankee news there is. And uh, and then hopefully back in our regular schedule for the season. Uh, there's been a ton of Yankee news recently. It's been very interesting. But we are going to start with the best Yankee news, which is that our ace – Garrett Allen Cole has been crowned the 2023 American League Cy Young Award winner. Cole had a pretty dominant year. It was general consensus that he would win this award, but it's still nice to see him get it. It was unanimous. He posted a 15-4 and record with a 2.63 ERA, started 33 games, 209 innings pitched. Uh, just a really dominant season, uh, true ace stuff. Uh, one huge thing for him was he brought the home run numbers way down. And uh, for me, also, a huge thing is like that 200 innings thing. Like that is ace behavior right there. That is something really, really important for your main pitcher who is who is taking the ball every five days. He's going deep into games and he's getting outs. What was uh, your sort of uh, first thought at seeing Cole win the Cy Young? I was super stoked for him, obviously. It's yeah, you could tell it meant a lot for him. Uh he it's the one thing kind of the notch on his belt he hasn't quite gotten yet. Um but just in, in the general sense of, of the whole award, I think it was a little bit I don't know, I guess anticlimactic just because it was inevitable. Like we knew this was gonna happen in like August. So and you like you said, it's a unanimous decision. It was kind of you know, everyone knew knew it was coming, but like like I said, it it was really awesome to see, and uh, it feels good. But like on a broader Yankee sense, you know, we got Cole this season had like obviously a Cy Young, Judge MVP season last year, and just it's the same thing. We can't get over that hump, so it's frustrating that we kind not wasted, but we kind of used those two amazing seasons and don't have any hardware to show for it. Uh, from a team sense, but it's obviously super happy for Cole. And, uh, and like I said, you could tell that he was super happy and, and, and this was kind of, I don't know, it, it meant a lot to him, obviously. So Gruber. Oh, it's wonderful. It's a, he deserves it. And 
he really is one of the few pitchers in baseball goes out there every five days, doesn't complain, pitches through injury, lets the uh, lets the booze fly in Fenway when he's injured and giving up all those runs. And, you know, he pit, probably our best option anyway that day in 2021. And it doesn't affect him. He, you know, the spider tack, he rebounds. And that's the sign of a good pitcher. You get you, you have your ups and downs in his career, and he's had his ups and downs. And he and and he finally got the the award and it's awesome but like you were saying OJ it's, it's unbelievable that we could have an MVP and the LB we were in the ALCS that year but like you know we don't have a world series we it's like it's crazy it's it's tough but it looks good that we it looks good when you your big uh your big pitcher acquisition went to Cy Young and hopefully Rodon can uh, can get there right it's uh it's rewarding though it's rewarding for everybody in the franchise i think it's a good sign i think they could really applaud themselves but i expected it unanimous is cool though that's cool. nobody like was effing around. That's really cool to see. Yeah, first unanimous Yankees Cy Young winner since Ron Guidry, which is very cool. Um, and like you guys said, he had a couple of close calls. He probably should have won it with the Astros in 2019. That's one of the more questionable uh Cy Young awards where they gave it to Verlander and and Cole had pretty much better numbers and everything. Um I was really happy because if you flash back to the beginning of this season. Garrett Cole was getting a lot of hate. There were a lot of like people who who like to be like clever and subversive and and thinking they're like the smartest guy in the room saying like, oh, Cole's not a top 10 pitcher. There were a lot of top 10 lists, even the MLB network that had him like not even in the top 10. And I think most people who have, you know, a good sense of who he is as a pitcher overall and weren't prisoners to the moment of that one season where he had a little extra tar- uh, trouble with the home run ball knew that was a pretty ridiculous take, but also it was, it was spreading a little bit. So to see him get this is, uh is pretty nice. And also, you know, in a season where things weren't going well, he, like you said, he was a bright spot. He didn't complain. He, he took the ball every five days and he was, he was really the only really reliable thing apart from maybe Glaber Torres on this Yankees team because judge was hurt for a couple months. Um, and you know, I guess you could say Michael King and, and a couple of other, you know, arms in the bullpen Wandy. But I think the problem was the Yankees had flashes and they weren't reliable. Even people who are usually reliable and Garrett Cole, that was just never a problem this year. He was super reliable. I, I tuned into MLB network to watch it, uh, which I'd, I wasn't sure I was going to do. I just, I got the notification that the the Cy Young stuff was happening. I was like, oh, I might as well. And it made me really, really happy. Uh, in part because Garrett Cole is just a weirdo and I love him. He is, <laughs> he's such a weird guy. Uh, and I love the way he says things. He says things, he, he phrases things in the strangest ways and it's delightful. Um, and that was like clear in this video the Yankees released, which I just need so much more of. Where Cole was mic'd up during a non-star game, and he's just in the dugout saying shit like normal shit, nonsense. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's so much fun. Uh, we need Garrett Cole mic'd up for like every non-star day because, like, the content that he provides just being Garrett Cole is delightful. He's he's it's an weirdo. absolute weirdo, but in the best possible way. Yes. Crazy. Fun guy. So we know that Garrett Cole is going to be a part of the 2024 Yankees. 
we're going to go through pretty much the whole roster and just have a rapid fire uh, yes or no, stay or go game here. So we can, and this is not our predictions. This is if we were in charge of the Yankees and keeping in mind like their contracts and stuff. So we can't just throw Carlos Rodon to the wolves. But if you want to, if you want to eat all that money, then you can say that. Uh, I think for those guys, if you say go, you have to give like some kind of rationale of how you would feasibly trade them or uh, or find a way to alleviate that contract. Um, yep. We're starting with uh, the hitters. Um, so let's start. This is actually an interesting conversation with Kyle Higashioka. Is he a part of the 2024 Yankees or not? Oof, that's a tough one right off the bat. Um, I think without spoiling later, you know, people in, in the, in the list, I would say Higgy is probably not a part of this team in the future. And it hurts to say, cause I think he's definitely been a great part of the Yankees these past few years. Um, but I think just it's a numbers game and, and you're not going to carry three catchers. So I think they really want to have Austin Wells uh, provide value to this team. And then it's going to be him or Trevi. I'm going to take, I'm going to take Trevino. I think he's a part of the team. I think they're going to keep three and I think Wells is going to try. They're going to do a little first base left field action with him. That's just my thought. And I think maybe that's smart, but a lot of it depends on who you got in the bullpen and how you can trust that. But it also depends on the money because Higashioka is not a young guy and I don't know what the competition is out there. And if there's a lot of comp course, if somebody says, Hey, you want to be our backup for the next three years, you've shown that you could be, a, you show, you've shown confidence and power and, you know, great discipline behind, you know, well, not good discipline hitting wise, but like, you know, framing all that, you know, very like technical catching stuff, three years, 30 million. That's too much. You, you get this guy in a one year deal. Yeah. I, I think, yes. You mentioned I, I, Higgy's hitting. And I actually think, we have to remind ourselves that like most catchers can't really hit a lick. Mm -hmm. Um, Higgy has shown while he's not hitting like two fifty or anything, he can hit for power. If you give Kyle Higashioka a full season's worth of it, of at bats as a starting catcher, which I'm not sure anyone would do or ever will really do, even though he took the most at bats of any Yankees catcher last year, Higgy in a full season, I think is probably hitting 20 home runs. Um, he can hit for power. I think I'm keeping Higgy for now. I'm not saying that they are keeping Higgy. I think I'm keeping Higgy kind of in a thing like what you said, Gruber, because it seems like there's not a lot of conviction about Wells as a catcher. Um, and I think I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I think it doesn't make sense that more teams aren't trying to exploit someone who can play catcher and play other positions. The idea of someone who can kind of play outfield and kind of play catcher or kind of play first and kind of play catcher, I think makes a lot of sense. Um, and I don't necessarily think the Yankees would do that, but I do think that while they're figuring out where uh, Wells is going to stick, hopefully, um, we might see a little flash of him here, flash of him there. So I'm, I'm going to also say uh, I would have Higgy stay for now. Let's go to Anthony Rizzo in the last year of his new contract, I believe. Um, Jake Ojalvo, if you're running the Yankees, is Anthony Rizzo staying or going? Anthony Rizzo is staying. I don't think there's much of an explanation necessary. Um, ride it out one more year and then probably let him hit free agency, but 
who knows? I mean, we'll see uh, past that point, you know, who the other first base and options are. If Austin Wells, like you said, maybe takes up first base. If, I don't know, there's maybe some judge swirlings at first. Who knows? But for this next coming season, 2024, Anthony Rizzo is a is a solid stay. Yeah, need the lefties. We do, and that's why he is going to stay on the Yankees. Yep, I mean I agree. I think he stays. He's still a good hitter when not, you know, in the post concussion, yeah, uh, sort of whirlwind or whatever that was. Um, and hopefully, hopefully he stays healthy. Uh, Glaber Torres. Here's an interesting one. Glaber Torres, stay or go? Stay, definitely. I think last season he proved, uh that he belongs on this team. Like, do I think it's going to happen? Eh, we'll, we'll get to that later with, with our free agent uh, outlook, but I think he's a good fit as like, I don't know. It's so hard to fit all these infielders in, in, in the, in the uh, situation, but just from a standpoint of what he did last season and how I think he fits, fits the team. I'm going to keep Glaber. Yeah, he was our, I mean, I think maybe you can argue he was our best hitter last year consistently because Judge missed a bunch of time. So uh, he has to stay. I mean, this is a team that did not score runs, did not hit for average, did not do anything competent offensively as a team, but he was the bright spot and he is the guy we, look, one year left on the deal, we still got to, or until he's free agency, we'll talk about it later, but you got to keep him. He's huge bat in the lineup. We Huge. He didn't have the slumps. He didn't go through the slumps. He was growing. That's nice. You, you got to see that in these young players. You got to see. Yeah. Growth is great to see. Yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting this that Glaber Torres was, you know, our, I mean, of all the people who were, who were actually playing every day because Judge played 106 games. Um, I would say that if Judge was up at like 130, you could call it a full season, basically. Um, 106 though is not a full season. He only had 458 plate appearances. Of everybody who went, uh, 500 plus plate appearances, which there's not that many. Um, he Glaber Torres is the only one who had an above 100 OPS plus. He's the only one who was really a league average or above hitter, and he was well over 100. He was a 118. Uh, Gleyber Torres was our best hitter on an everyday basis last year. He was our second best hitter, if you include Judge. Like, he is an important part of this team. He's an important part of this lineup. I think we definitely keep him. I even think that, like, it's not worth having conversations about trading a year of him for a year of, you know, an outfielder or or someone because of what you're losing. Do you really feel like what you're losing and replacing with, I guess, Oswald Peraza um, or LeMahieu, I guess, if LeMahieu's not a third, but I think you have to think he's a third right now. Um, I don't know if that makes sense because Glaber Torres has shown that he's an MLB bat and we need MLB bats. Um, yep. So absolutely, Glaber stays for me. Anthony Volpe, the kid was in his rookie year. He was great at times. He was frustrating at other times. Uh, he ended up with 21 home runs, 209 average, 283 OBP. And a 383 slug. Uh, is he staying or going? That's and a gold nice. glover somehow. And a gold glover. Good point. Anthony Volpe, gold glover in his rookie year at shortstop. Uh, real quick, before we do stay or go, 
were you guys surprised by that? I was surprised by it. Uh, Absolutely floored. Yeah. <laughs> Could not believe that. I mean, to his credit, Aaron Boone did say this was going to happen in his uh, his John Boy spot. He was like, he's going to be a gold glover. He's going to be. Um, I didn't feel like I was watching a gold glover. Um, I felt like he made some really great plays at times, but I also felt like he had his ups and downs. But I guess, yeah. should we take this as like sort of a weird anomaly? Like, you know, Clint Frazier was nominated for a gold glove. Or should we take this as like... I had his glove on during the game, so it was just to make some sense. <laughs> It seems it seems like Volpe has sort of a fielding uh, a fielding potential that everyone in the MLB is acknowledging as as you know possibly elite, and uh, that means he'll be a great defensive shortstop for us in the future. Sure, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess. But that I watched the whole season that did not scream Gold Glove to me. But we'll take it. Hey, I mean, the more the merrier, and. Uh, in short, yeah, he's obviously a keep. There's Volpe's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, he's never. We're not. Who can hit the, these home runs and steal these bases like this? He's staying. And as for he has range in the field, which is I'll give him that. He could get the ball. Jeter had that too, and Jeter won a bunch of Gold Gloves, and he's often criticized for those and his fielding ability. So maybe we just have a little. I mean, look, and that's a great player to be compared to. So, um, let's just uh. We're gonna ride this guy out for a while, and I, I, I'm happy with Volpe. This is a really be battled all year, and he in a in a really dis, just dismal offense. But he and he put the ball over the fence. It's not easy to do. How many people? And it's, this is like not 2017. They're not getting 20 home runs from you know a, from like a guy who never hit seven before in a season. This is like real base. I mean, this is we're back to basics. So I like in 2019. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. Volpe has to be the future. Uh, he showed us something last year. Now he has to show us something consistently. Um, but he absolutely stays. Absolutely. Uh, DJ Lemayhew. I think we have three more years of DJ. Or sounds about right. Yeah, it more. could be two. I think it's three though, because we re-signed it was in a... 21, 22, 23. Yeah, so three more years of DJ. Um, is DJ LeMahieu a part of the 2024 Yankees or not? And I'm yes. not holding up a gun at your head, so you can. He absolutely is no. a professional hitter. Um, yeah, I mean, thank God Josh Donaldson is no longer in our hair. So I think DJ slots right in at third, and hopefully he can bounce back to whatever, you know, shake off whatever happened last season and a little bit before that with the toe and the, I don't know. He just never seemed a hundred percent. So I think if we have a full off season, DJ has got to get his mind right. And uh, hopefully he can turn back into, you know, the, the professional hitter we all know, but uh, easy say for DJ. Easy. He had a great second, not even like he had a great last two months. And like you were saying, he didn't have any off season work like the last couple of years with these injuries. So he'll be, he showed he could hit at the end of the year. I thought he was cooked after that slump. I really, truly, I did not think it would be. I was really worried and really sad, but he uh, turned it around, and he'll be our third baseman. Like you said, he's got to be the third baseman. So play a little first. He's great. He's great. He's professional. Yeah, obviously, he's a stay for me. Um, You guys have said it. Like, he was hitting late. Uh, He was hitting early a little bit, too, but um, he was, he was absolutely somebody who – was showing signs of being washed and later in the season uh, was showing that he's not fully washed and that he still has something in the tank. His versatility too is so valuable. It 
he creates a situation where when we have an injury, it's not hurting us as badly in the infield, at least because he can play three or four infield uh, spots. So that's huge. And that's a value that he provides. I do think that he's probably closer to a league average hitter now than the MVP candidate that we knew in 19 and 20, but that's okay. Um, And I also think that a lot of people think that he's probably finished with his like his over 100 OPS plus seasons. And I don't know if I agree with that because I think there have been some weird things that have popped up for him uh, sort of injury wise. And Cashman said this in his statements too, that like this is his first real sort of off season since he signed the contract where he is nothing uh, sort of hanging over his head injury wise. So hopefully we're able to get him back up and running. I still think I like him at the top of the lineup even uh, because I don't think I want Volpe there. I don't think I want Judge there. I don't think I want Rizzo there. I don't think there's a better choice. Um, And he still puts together good at-bats. Of all the people, um, I said Glaber is our second best hitter. He was the only one besides Judge who was over a 100 OPS+. plus. The next closest was DJ. Um, So he is for sure a stay for me. Um, Next up. Let's go to the outfield, technically, with Oswaldo Cabrera. Is Oswaldo a part of the 2024 Yankees? Yes, he is, but he's really got to earn the starting spot. I mean, he did not show much last season, and I think we all had pretty high hopes for Oswaldo, and he really, really was disappointing. Um, I don't know what happened. I mean, he was at the end of uh, the 2022 season, I guess it was, um, into the postseason, he showed a lot of promise, and then something changed. I don't know if it's just the pitchers figured him out or there's something going on. Um, he really had a kind of a dud of a season and kind of turned into like that utility guy, which we were all hoping. I think he could carve himself out a starting role in the outfield or um, really anywhere. But uh, no, I, I think he's he's firmly a stay on this team, but he's really, really got to earn some playing time. I don't. I mean, I want to. I'm rooting for him, and I think you know what. My I'm gonna say stay, but the leash isn't that long. That's really what it is. Uh, let's just. I think last year was just such a contagiously bad year for everybody. So I'll give benefit of the doubt, and I I don't know, like, yeah, I I don't know what goes. There's a lot of his mental right and. I the the hitting coach will be cool. What the, who the guy they brought in? I I don't know how much it matters, but yeah, let's let's stay. Let for the yeah. My 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 gut saying stay, ride it out for a year. Yeah, I'm gonna say um stay, but we're changing the terms of this a little bit. I think that we shouldn't approach Oswaldo as a potential starting outfielder, um or starting infielder. I think. He's a he's a utility guy, um, and that's okay. That isn't a bad thing. If Oswaldo is hitting the way he was hitting in his first year, then maybe we can talk about readjusting it, and then it's great because we're trying to find him at bats. And and again, it's 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 good problems to have, like in 2019 when you know Cameron Mabin and Mike Talkman are hitting, and it's like, what are we gonna do when Judge gets back? It's like, great, that's a good problem to have. Uh, we should just look at Oswaldo, who again. I want him to stay, but we should look at him as, can he be a good utility guy this year? Play some outfield, play some infield, hit the ball a bit. 
and hopefully he can contribute in that way. I, uh, I am hopeful that he can. Um, he does a lot of things that you want a winning baseball player to do. He couldn't really put it together at the plate last year after he was able to in like two months in 2022. So hopefully he finds that again. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see how the new hitting coach and him hopefully click. Uh, and hopefully James Rosen can find something there. Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the people who aren't technically on the team anymore anyway, just to see if you guys want to bring them back. Harrison Bader. Should we bring back Harrison Bader? Nah, I think the the time has passed with that. We we took a risk. We traded Montgomery for him. He did amazing in the playoffs, kind of propelled us to the ALCS. Um, but I think the time has run out with Bader. I think it's time to move on to get a new center center fielder. Um, I don't know. I, I like Gruber said with with Oswaldo. I am rooting for Bader. I think he was a great fit. Like. Uh, New York kid, friendly with, you know, really close with Judge and everything. But um, from a b- baseball standpoint, I think it's time to move on and, and go a different direction in center field. Yeah. I, he had some great moments in the playoffs. And uh, imagine rooting for the Yankees and having those moments. I mean, I can only wish. Anybody can only wish. You, you know, so his time is – I don't think we're going to bring him back. And it's – and I agree with that. And I don't want to bring him back. It's – we got to – we have Jason Dominguez is going to be our center fielder when he gets healthy. And that's who, well, we need to get, we'll talk about getting a backup when it's a guy to start the season as Cashman even talked about filling that hole, but he's, it's not going to be Harrison Bader. Yeah. We all love Harrison Bader. I, it's funny because I think had we not DFA'd him, I probably would have said stay. I would probably say like, try to find a reasonable shorter term deal where he can play center field. Uh, and I think maybe that wouldn't be the best thing for us as a, as a team, because, you know, it's, it's, it's the, uh, it's the age of the Martian now. Um, and, uh, I certainly don't think that we should bring him back after DFAing him. As I said a few months ago, when we DFAed him, I was like, well, that, that clearly closes the book on resigning Bader because you don't DFA someone you're about to resign. Um, <laughs> it's just not good business. Uh, okay. Um, we have someone named Aaron judge. He played 106 games, uh, primarily in right field. Um, he actually played know. really well. Uh, he, he hit 37 home runs, actually, um, in just 485 plate appearances. Um, he was the highest OPS plus on the team. Do you guys want uh, him to be a part of the Yankees in 2024? I don't know. I mean, with the the new acquisition, Jay Savina, like, I don't know if there's room for this guy in the outfield. It's going to be... Interesting to see if they can let him let him stay, but uh, yeah. yeah, I guess we'll give him another shot. We'll we'll give him another shot. He's <laughs> it's his team, but you know, if the right deal is there. The right deal is there. So yeah, I think <laughs> if anything, we it would be good to have more Aaron Judge on the team and less uh, walls in Los Angeles. Yeah. And like, I do think that in honor of Aaron Judge, if they could reassess the way their walls and doors work, um. Just because, you know, who knows? They could have cost us a playoff appearance right there. Like Aaron Judge plays a full season. That's a different it's a different team right there. But you know, if you're if your wall can't hold a six foot seven man crashing into it, then I don't know what to tell you, right? Like so for sure, some Aaron Judge, if I could get more than hundred and six games, that'd be even better. Speaking of more, 
than 100 and something games. Giancarlo Stanton played 101 games. There was a time where that would be great for Giancarlo Stanton, um, but they weren't 101 good games. Uh, he hit 191. He only hit 24 home runs, which again is not bad, but for Giancarlo Stanton, it's not really what we want. Um, he had an OPS plus of 87. So he was not a league average hitter by that metric. Uh, this, I think, is an interesting one because he would be a hard contract to move. I don't think it would be impossible. And uh, his friend, former teammate Cameron Mabin, recently said on Twitter that he doesn't think that Giancarlo necessarily wants to retire a Yankee, which is interesting because I think a lot of people assumed he did. Uh, for you, OJ, do you want Giancarlo as a part of the 2024 Yankees? Um. Honestly, no. I think the the contract situation you mentioned it'll be it would obviously be really hard to move, and um, it would take Brian Cashman be a little, you know, pull some pull some levers. But uh, just talking like all business aside, just from a pure baseball standpoint, I don't think it makes sense. He clogs up the DH, and he can't play the field. He gets injured. It's like it's the same. Uh, I don't know. It's the same thing every year, and it's it's that type of hitter that we don't really need in the lineup. I would like more lefties, like we said. I want more contact bats, so I don't think Giancarlo fits this team. And and if that is true that he doesn't want to retire a Yankee, good riddance. And a call back to one of our older segments. Good riddance. <laughs> well, wait. What if I told you that getting injured was also part of this game? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's we'll we'll talk about some of those quotes later, but um, I think that's pretty telling. If the manager who's been all positive and rainbows and butterflies and always spins things positive says that, uh, I think it's it's pretty telling. So, Giancarlo, in a, in a shout out to the class, should I stay or should I go? It's <laughs> going. I'm gonna keep him because he slashed. He was very. He had an 895 op, 942 ops against lefties and seven home and you know 74 at bat. So I think we can't. I really don't think getting the value. We can't get value from from uh, the. We're not gonna get value right in the trade. We're gonna lose no matter what, right? Or we're gonna end up paying up the ass. So if you platoon the guy, you don't clog up the DH because he'll be good when he plays against lefties. He obviously can't play. We've seen him against righties. You can't. Like, you know, Stevie Wonder's a lucky one there, right? Because he, the, the sliders, oh my gosh. Like, uh, the three, it's, it's some of the worst at-bats I've ever seen in my life. It looks like he never played the sport before. And it's atrocious, but he could play against lefties. And if you platoon this guy, you still, you're platoon, a platoon lefty guy for for the amount of money he's making is outrageous. Yeah, but, it's an expensive platoon right there. And I and if we could, great. I'm the first Especially one. Especially a platoon lefty guy. Like, yeah. But then we play occasionally against righties, but you He's not penciled in as an opening day DH, and that because you're right, OJ. He clogs the spot up, and he prevents guys from rotating, and it's it's a bad position to be in because he's when he goes over four with four strikeouts, it's a zero. It's, it's literally a, he adds nothing to the team. It's a negative, yeah, it, yeah. I think you, tr- but of course, like if you could find the trade, yes, you could find a trade part. Giancarlo has to agree to the trade. Yeah, the other thing, so um, you have to be trading him to a good situation, and he. He turned down some. He's probably at a. Uh, he's at a different place, right? But he turned down some solid situations: the Cardinals, the Giants, so that he could. Come Dodgers to... will probably. I mean, the Dodgers are the only logical one, but. Do they gonna... want him? 
I don't know. I mean, they, they, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you keep him. I think you keep him and you see what he could do against lefties, but it's, it's really, and I think the Cashman quote, which we'll talk about might, I think it actually indicates more to, to the, to the platoon thing because the whole, like, you're not going to, the injury, like he, I think they're kind of out on him. And I think they, if they go this route, I, 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 I could see maybe him finding his stride a little bit more, you know, but of course, like he's still going to get hurt, right? It's it's just such a terrible situation. We're we are so screwed in this this contract. But um, final answer: stay, stay. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Gruber. I'm gonna say stay, and it, I guess it's for two reasons. One, you could make a pretty good argument that Giancarlo is washed now, but I also think you could make the argument that he isn't. And here's what that argument would be. If you look at the journey of Giancarlo as a Yankee, even when he's hurt, he's good usually. He was great in 2018. He played the full year. It kind of went under under the radar too because uh, we had some other injuries. And then the 2018 year is not looked on very fondly because we got crushed by the Red Sox where, you know, we were up on them at Fenway. Then we lost one. We went down one or we went back to the city 1-1. And then they demolished us like 18 to three or something. Uh, and then we lost a close one. So it just like, it left a terrible taste in our mouth, but Giancarlo was great that season. Um, then 2019 is almost a lost year for him, but he was fine in the very, very limited time he played. And there's a fun little uh, fact that the Yankees in 2019 won every playoff game they played that Giancarlo played in and lost Every single one that he didn't, I believe. It's possible they lost one that he didn't play in, but um, I believe they won every game he played and lost every one he didn't. 2020, weird COVID year, but he was pretty good. Again, he got injured. 2021, he was really good. And 2022, he was really good in the first half, got hurt, and then he was not very good in the second half. Last year, he wasn't very good. Um, And... uh. Giancarlo also, I think it's worth saying, has like handled New York, I think, really, really well. So I'm I'm always rooting for him. For me, it comes down to I don't think he's quite bad enough that we uh we would have to pay to give him away. It's like we would have yeah. to give up assets to get him off the team because of his absurd <laughs> contract. And I don't want to do that. Um and I don't want to cut him either because I think there's still like some power hitting. I think there's a good conversation to be had about if he should be hitting fourth or fifth or, or if like it's worth it to drop him sort of low in the lineup and see if his power plays there maybe um, and uh, change up the look that way. But I don't think that we're quite at here. Take a prospect and we'll give you John Carlos so that we don't have to have to clog up our, our DH spot and, and, uh, and, this ridiculous contract that we've taken on from the Marlins. Um, so that's where I am. I I wonder if there's going to be more conversation about that, though, as the offseason sort of kicks into high gear. Um, we're going to just fire through some of these bench guys. Um, oh, well, actually, before we get to the bench guys, someone of uh, true value, Jose Trevino, uh, stay or go? I think you keep Trevino. Uh, we've talked about the catcher position a little bit here. I think it's, it's difficult to find a hitting catcher that can also, um, 
you know, field the position well. And he definitely fields the position well. At times he hits well, but uh I think you take it. He's 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 a stud behind the plate. And uh and I think with the way you know, we talked about Austin Wells, depending on how that shakes up, I, I'd be comfortable with Trevino as a starting catcher uh opening day. That's totally fine. I agree. Keep him I like the three. I'm unlike the three catcher. That's my whole thing. I like the three catchers right now. This is my. I think that I think it'll work. I think it'll work. Yeah, so. great defensive catcher, good enough hitter. I think Trevi's probably played his best season of his career, and that's probably the 2021 uh, or 2022 for us. Um, and I don't expect him to ever do that again. But at the same time, uh. He doesn't have to. He can be a great defensive catcher. He can hit a little bit worse than that, and I would be fine with it. Um, on that similar note, we got Ben Rortvet. What are we going to do with Ben Rortvet? Just so you guys know, the Yankees currently have six, six catchers on their 40-man roster. I've never seen a roster that looks like this. Um, some of these catchers have got to go somewhere. Jeez. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot about Rortvet, and that's not like a joke about how we always – <laughs> debate if he's a real person i genuinely did not even uh have him in the equation so therefore i'm gonna, I'm gonna let him go I, th- I think he beat the real person accusations he is yeah. a real person it looks like he did he's Don't very it. strong that's like the only thing that i really take from him but uh now he's gonna he's gonna him go. and cole have an interesting an interesting love i think it's love but like it's 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 a hard love it's a hard love between catcher yeah what'd you say gruber catcher Oh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's where he goes, unless he can find another job. But he, we'll see. Yeah, I feel bad because I feel like we traded for Rortvet and he was like hurt for the whole time. But I think it's probably a go just because of the logjam at catcher and all these catchers that we have on the roster um, who aren't even in the majors. Like the Yankees have two catchers who haven't yet hit the majors who have to be on the 40 man to protect them from uh, the rule five draft. So when you look at that and you look at where Rortvet fits, is he ever going to be a starting catcher for the Yankees? Probably not with um, the Austin Wells sort of ascension. And then, you know, is he better than Trevi? Is he better than Higgy? Um, And then is he ever really going to be a backup? I don't think so. Um, and, you know, he's also kind of – he's competing with Carlos Narvaez for a roster spot and somebody who I'd never heard of named Augustin Ramirez, who we just put on the um, the 40-man. So I don't know where you put Rorvet, so I'm going to say go. Um, next up, this is kind of an interesting one, um, Estevan Florial. Jeez. There we go. It's like the – they just never like, we can never get him out of our lives like every time we think he's done just pops back up somewhere um he's like the albert abreu of of outfielders yeah seriously he's like a boomerang throw him yeah. and he just somehow finds his way back um i think the jig is up <laughs> i really uh it's been it's been frustrating his whole career as a yankee i think we're better off without him. I think he needs a new situation. Just, I think he could, you know, he he'd be a serviceable player on on a different team. He just needs a new new position or not new position, new situation. Um, yeah, that's that's really it. I'm gonna send him send him packing. 
he had his shot. I I kept advocating for him to at least get like a few at bats. He had seventy at played at bats or something. He used to two thirty. He had a shot, and um, he even like came back. Like we said, he was taken off the forty, and he somehow wound up, you know, playing like a month of baseball. And the month wasn't great. He played every day, and um, wasn't terrible. Two thirty is like not terrible. So yeah, he deserves a shot somewhere else. Um, but yeah, bye bye. Yeah, I think if he sticks around, they are still going to be reluctant to give him real time, and I think it's just probably for the best for everyone that he finds a new situation. Yeah. I'm I'm going to be rooting for him. He never got a great like run, a great opportunity here, but you know, I think there has to be a time where we stop like using Estevan Florial as the well. We could also do Florial. Like, let's see <laughs> that. I think it just is probably for the best that we end that era here. Um, yep. So. Now here we get into like some of the young guys, Everson Pereira. Um, sure, I guess we'll keep him. See what he's got. Don't have a strong stance either way. But let me change it a little bit. Do you want him in AAA or the MLB at the start of twenty twenty four? AAA. I'd have to crunch all the numbers to get like you know the 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 right amount of no, like people on each position but i got instinct i'd say start him out of triple a if he lights the world on fire sure call him up um but he obviously has a lot to prove so we'll start him in the minors this year uh padres (laughs) 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 serious though padres or minors i think that the time of i mean he's not a clint frazier he's not a chance adams he's not any of these guys but the time of clutching our prospects and hoping they pan out. So we clearly can't develop these guys. So, I mean, and he had such a terrible 90 something at bats. I don't even know if anybody's going to look at 22. I mean, that's the other thing. You know what? Uh, it's such a, the trade values, like he's so diminished since he got those at bats in the major. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, minors or he can't be on this Ross. He, he, and even if he likes to spring training on fire, we've seen Willie Calhoun likes spring training on fire. We've seen, uh, you know, Greg Bird do it, and that breaks my heart. But you know, we've seen <laughs> the tease. So let's just let's just sit, let's just get somebody else who could let's just get somebody who hit a baseball that we've seen at the major league level. Let's there's a lot, and there's a lot of them. There's a lot of these guys out there. Yeah, know? I mean, I don't want to say I'm out on him. I'm not out on him, but he, I I also think it's not a good time to treat him at all um, because he was he was good in in AAA. Um, I think I would say yeah, probably stash him for now see if there's an opportunity for him um certainly i don't want him slated in as a starting outfielder the way he was starting at the end of last year jason dominguez assume we're all on the same page here yep keep him we'll keep him we'll take him um and then i'm gonna run through these guys i assume we're all on the same oh i'm sorry austin wells as well stay in keep him yeah he's a He's in the Volpe category of uh, he's part of the future. Um, have I said Isaiah Kiner Falefa? No. No. Should we resign Isaiah Kiner Falefa? He showed some versatility. He showed some contact skills. Um, he was one of our best hitters with runners in scoring position. He became a pretty serviceable outfielder. Um, should we resign him? Mm-hmm. I'm torn, Gruber. No. I see you shaking your head. What do you got? everything here i'm just like you know I'm, I'm really just like i like isaiah he's such a he's such i mean imagine you have your starting shortstop for in 2021 you're you're at the you know what i mean you have this or 2022 i'm sorry and 
you're in the LCS, right? I mean, he wasn't right there. The playing time, that, that is what it is. But he took it like a man. He took the demotion like a man. He went to work. He didn't complain. And he's a good man, a good human being, but he's not a Yankee anymore. So that's really where I stand on that. And I, I don't, I, it's sad. It's just like, we got to get new blood in this, in this team. And we have so, we have just have, we have too many people on the team. We have too many infielders. Yeah, here, I'll try to help you out, OJ. I think we should support Isaiah Kiner Falefa in that if a team calls us and is like, hey, what are your thoughts on him and working with him the past two years? We should give him a glowing recommendation. Great guy. Uh, truly a team player. Someone who I really do wish all the best for. Uh, not someone who I need on the 2024 Yankees. Perfect. I second that. Yeah. Um. I'm going to run through a list of people who took at bats for the Yankees in 2023. You guys let me know uh, if you think we should keep them. Jake Bowers already traded, but should we have kept him? No. Okay. I agree. Um, Willie Calhoun. He was also taken off the roster. Uh, should we bring him back? No. Nope. Uh, Billy McKinney. He saw extended run former Yankee for like two games. Then journeyman, then Yankee again. Should we make him a Yankee again? Uh, no. Okay, I agree so far. Josh Donaldson, probably the worst contract or trade that uh, that Brian Cashman's ever made. Should we sign him to a nice one-year prove-it deal? Maybe. No. God. Closing the door on Josh Donaldson. Aaron Hicks tore it up in Baltimore. Should we move heaven and earth to bring him back to New York? Ugh. Hopefully this is the last time we ever say these names again. Donaldson <laughs> and Hicks. See ya. Yeah. Hicks wouldn't even so, want to be here, but no. It's a true good riddance right there. Yeah. Franchi Cordero had a moment for us, didn't he? Oh. <laughs> All right. All goes. Greg Allen. He boomeranged back. Should we bring Greg Allen back? Oh. Nope. Uh-huh. I'll say this. Of all those guys, I think Greg Allen is the one I want the most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> uh, let's do pictures real quick. That took a second. Um, Garrett Cole. We like him. I think I want him back, right? Yep. Fuck yeah. Carlos Rodon, uh, I think you just have to say stay because the contract and, and I believe it don't on. invest in him for six years, then get scared off by like one year going pretty much as bad as it could possibly go. Yeah. I'm buying all the Rodon stock. It's low right now. Eat it all up. Oh, I believe in him. I believe in him. I just think like I said, I think it was all contagious last year. A lot of bad a lot of bad and a lot of uh, all spread about. I think you know. You yeah, know. this podcast will buy your Carlos Rodon stock if you're selling it. We will take it all. And then when he wins Cy Young and he pitches a brilliant games two and five in the World Series, we will look like geniuses. Um, how about Clark Schmidt? Keep him, Padres. But yeah, keep him. <laughs> um, so. I actually do kind of agree. I think keep him, but if if he's someone who the Padres are zeroed in on, who I could see it, um, he's he, not someone. It's like Mike King. I think if the Padres wanted Mike King, it sounds ridiculous that I would stop a Soto trade for Mike King. I really do think that Mike King is a a valuable asset that we shouldn't part with. I wouldn't stop a Soto trade for Mike King, but it, I it but but I agree, he's so valuable. Like, I think if we're including Mike King, then I don't want to give them like three more yeah, depends on the package yeah i think it's i think if the if if we're including king that is a trade altering inclusion so it goes from like one major leaguer and three minor leaguers to like two because king is still he's still under team control 
he's like we we have several years i think of of yeah. of king i think his he's not going to be a part of the trade clock started in 2020 so i think we get three more years of king it's it's yeah. i like that i like that a lot um so yeah. we we're talking about though clark schmidt yeah. i think keep him um yeah. but willing to trade him yep all due respect uh domingo herman was non-tendered but if he wasn't would you have non-tendered him hell no he's gone um, or wait what i have not he would have non-tendered yeah yeah, 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 I, got yeah, it, yeah. I got it i got it <laughs> yeah same he already he did he did what he he had the best moment he could have and you know went out on a yeah. bad person too yeah. i mean good for him i just the hope he gets his life together i hope he yeah gets seriously Do you know what the scariest phone notification you can get is i'm not even kidding <laughs> domingo herman has started an instagram live he does it so often <laughs> And every time I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, oh, <John> <laughs> geez. Every single time, I swear to God, I'm like, I hope he's not like, <laughs> I hope he's not doing something crazy. I, mean, I, hope, I hope he's in an okay place. Oh. Like, yeah. Um, and I never watch them either. But every time I see, so the, <laughs> it could be lovely. I don't know. But like every time <laughs> I see them, I'm like, oh, God. Um, here's a sad one. Luis Severino. Uh, what do you think? Should we just let the silence do the talking for this one? Yeah, great luck. I love Sevy. Absolutely, the great several years with Sevy. He's gone. Yeah, I think he's done. Um, yeah, Johnny Brito, stay or go. Um, I think the the you know the concept that keeps coming up is we need new blood. I don't think like he had a. He showed some good promise, but I kind of just want to hit restart on this rotation, get some new new players in. Um, I don't think he's he's a long term answer, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say go. Yeah, I agree. I, I I really the new blood is so we we can't have this guy in the rotation, and he can't he, he can't even be a seventh option because he can't be trusted. So that's that's if you can't be trusted, you can't be the seventh option. We need to be. I know that's like stupid to say because why would you have said it? We're the New York game. No, you do need a lot of yeah. you need a lot of starting pitching options. I'm day. gonna push back a little bit. I think he can be the seventh option. Um, I don't want him to be a top five option. And this surprised me a little bit. What would you guess Johnny Brito's ERA is? I just oh I I just I get I, I just saw I googled it. But oh okay. Guessed, How about you, OJ? I uh, um, oh. say like four oh four. Yeah, 428. I kind of had it higher in my head for some reason. And I think that's because I think his um I think his second half was pretty solid. Let's see. Is- I'm looking at the numbers. His second half, he was he was 372 his first half, he was 470. So, I think there's something there with Johnny Brito. I don't think that you want him in the rotation. I actually think if King moves to the rotation, Johnny Brito could become the king maybe in terms of a multi-inning option out of the bullpen, or maybe stash him in the minors. I don't think it's fair to label Johnny Brito as old blood. I think Johnny Brito is someone who was a rookie pitcher last year, and and we'll see who he becomes. But I'm not, when I say we need new blood, I'm not like, geez, Johnny Brito has got to <laughs> move on. Um, fair. Uh, Nestor Cortez, nasty Nestor. We'll keep uh, him. We'll keep the Hialeah kid. As um, 
a certain president once said about it. Uh, actually, Trump said Hialeah, which I don't think is. <laughs> He's staying. Great fastball. That was a fun. Great one. fastball. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, OJ? Nasty yeah, we'll Nester. keep him. We'll keep Nasty Nestor. We'll, uh, hopefully, he can be a, a cornerstone to this this rotation that's got a lot of question marks, but I, I think he he's a good staple to have and um, a little banged up here and there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little injuries last year here and there. Um, hopefully he stays healthy and I think he can uh, be, a, be a solid, solid, like number three, four starter for us. Agreed. He's not going anywhere. Nestor is a part of this team and he's the heart and soul of this team. Yeah. I think we're past the point that we think that Nestor was an anomaly in his really good uh, sort of all-star years. And I think it's more last year was an anomaly because of injuries and, and some unfortunate breaks that he got. So for sure, keep Nestor. I love the idea of Nestor Cortez, third starter. I just think that slots in really well. Um, and maybe, depending on who we sign, even a fourth starter. Um, so next up, let's talk about uh, the aforementioned Michael King. Michael King was a great reliever for most of the season. And then he actually started nine games. Uh, some of those were just like openers, but some of them were legit starts. And by the end of the season, he was a starting pitcher. He ended up pitching 104 innings, which is way more than a reliever usually would. Um, the next highest of a reliever in the Yankees bullpen was Clay Holmes with 63. So that's like 40 more innings. So he was he was fully crossing that bridge towards the end. Uh, I'm going to assume it's a, a keep and yeah. I'm also going to, uh, throw out starter or reliever for Michael King. Um, I just played out my head with the roster right now. He's a starter. Um, and I think I would feel comfortable with that, uh, depending on what we do in free agency and we keep hinting at it later in the episode. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to lean starter. I think he proved himself. To be a reliable, reliable arm. Uh, he's like we talked about, very, very valuable, and uh, I think it's it'll be a unanimous keep. It's just like you said, whether he's in the bullpen or a starter. Starter, absolutely. I was so excited to see how him exceed at that position where he so wanted to be, and it's beautiful to watch a guy just mow down pitch the hit uh, the batters, and it's a great story, right? I mean, he he adapted to the role and he got what he wanted in the end. And I'm confident that the Yankees are going to go into the season with him as a key part of the rotation. Although, you know, I'm going to wipe away key because I think that is subject to change. If he, I mean, he had a bad start to end the season, I just wipe it away. But if he has, if he continues, right, if he has a few more of those, they'll, they'll move him back. I hope not, but it also depends on who we get in free agency. We're going to get a couple arms. We always do. Cashman always gets a couple arms. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we keep him, and I think we slate him in as a starter for now, at least. You mentioned uh, this in passing, but I want to focus on it. Like Michael King, for around like two seasons, was a really good relief pitcher who kept saying, "Like I do hope I start at some point." And yeah. I was kind of past it. I was like, "No, he's too valuable," especially in the way the Yankees were deploying him as this like sort of multi-inning guy, especially when the offense is so bad and Cole would pitch like six or seven scoreless and we would be up two nothing and you throw in Michael King to finish like that's beautiful um and you know he wasn't that good as a starter um in 20 
And uh, I just felt like there was no need to try to force that like round peg into a square hole, square peg, round hole, whatever you want to say. Um, he he turned me around, though. He won me over. Uh, I think you start him and, uh, you know, you just know that he can be a bullpen piece if need be. But I think right now he's a starter. Uh, yep. Randy Vasquez, uh, keep or, uh, or go um, away. Hmm. I feel like we didn't name this game, so I keep I keep saying stay or go, <laughs> keep or let go. Like there's no one uh, verbiage for it. But let's say uh, <laughs> let's say here I'll try to find a different way to say it every time I. There you go. I do it. Yeah. Um, so keep or let go. Again, I don't have the strongest opinion on Randy Vasquez, but um, I guess gut instinct will keep him. So he's reliable enough. He's, you know, he's proven to be somewhat of a solid, solid arm. But like, then again, it's kind of contradictory that I said, uh, like, oh, Brito. It's like, it's similar in my mind. So I don't know, maybe keep one, let go of one and, and go from there. No, no strong opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm, we're going to keep him. I like, I like, I like what I saw and I, I like him. I like him as a seventh option. Yeah. Keep him uh similar to i guess brito and clark and and that whole class of people um which brito and clark and and randy are not all the same i think brito and randy are pretty similar but clark obviously has a lot more experience uh it should just like keep but you know if if the padres are interested uh feel free uh and i also think maybe a stash potential there where we keep him in the minors, and then when we need somebody, we bring him back up. Um, now, breaking into the real bullpen, uh, Clay Holmes, the uh, the tall and uh, and sometimes lights out, sometimes uh, not so lights out, and very hard to trust. Uh, closer in name only, but kind of closer in earnest. Like I don't even know if. Uh, if it's fair to call him not the closer because he, he saved by far the most games for us, but also, I don't know. He doesn't really feel like a closer to me. Um, Clay Holmes, uh, keep or tell to leave. Um, no, you signed it up. Well, he's kind of just roller coaster of a human being and I'll, I'll keep Clay. I think the highs are high enough where, you know, when he's rolling, you can just, Give him the ball, no no questions asked. He's a reliable closer, but then um when he does start to struggle, he can maybe turn somewhere else. But I think he uh he, he definitely earns a spot on this roster. Hundred percent. He's not the guy who he was when he at his best, right? But he is still an above average major league relief pitcher. Maybe not our closer. Probably hope yeah. find someone better, but there's there are worse we could be worse off. He's like he's a Yankee this year. Yeah, he had twenty four saves. Um, you know, the the bullpen era is kind of complicated. If you go far down enough, then you can find a bunch of people with lower ERAs. Actually, you don't really have to go that far, but the Yankees have a very good bullpen. Sub three ERA though. Um he was one of one, two, three, uh, four, five, six six people seven if you count keenan middleton uh in the yankees bullpen who had a sub 
three ERA, uh, eight if you count Isaiah Kiner Falefa. So, um, yeah, for sure, keep. Um, I missed a lot of the good Clay Holmes stuff this summer when I wasn't watching as many games, and I came back and I didn't trust him at all for the stretch of the season. But it's one thing not to trust someone, and it's another to know that they're a good pitcher, uh, and he is a good pitcher. Uh, so keep Clay Holmes. Uh, Wandy Peralta. Wandy the Wander is a free agent right now. He was really our only consistent lefty arm in the post-Lucas Litke era of Yankees baseball, as they're calling it. Uh, he threw uh, 63 games, 54 innings to a 283 ERA, a 283 ERA. Do we want Wandy back? Absolutely. He needs to be probably priority number one of uh... – of just Yankee free agents right now. We need the lefty, and he had such a great season. Super rely like I had no questions asked when when we saw him coming in the game. I was confident. Uh, and, and the most important thing, yeah, is the lefty. So we got to keep him on this team, whatever it takes. Eh, maybe not whatever, but <laughs> I'm willing to do a lot for Wandy. Not quite the judge situation, but... yeah. One hundred percent need the lefties. Need the need the clutch moments, and he's. He's a New York Yankee through and through, and he's beloved by the team, the fans, and that's that. That's all that. that that's that. That's all. He's a Yankee. We don't resign him unless somebody offers him something crazy, of course. But I, I agree. Don't I happen. trust Wandy so much on the mound. I really, really do. Some of it is just feel. Um, so uh, he's he's earned it though. And like when you see somebody like him pitch the way he pitched in that Guardian series, where he takes the ball every single game of a five game series, like. Mm-hmm. That is trust inspiring. Yeah. Um, and it's the kind of guy I want in my bullpen. Yep. Albert Abreu, he was just non tendered, but do you think the Yankees made a huge mistake there? No, definitely not. Another boomerang situation. I think uh, for, for, for good now, I think he's off our hands. You think hands. so? I, I hope. It's I don't like... think so. I think he'll be back. <laughs> Please, no. I mean, yes. if you don't think that we're going to see them sign Albert Abreu in like 2025 to a minor league deal and then he's up by July, I don't think you know Brian Cashman. Well, will Cashman have the job? Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. They're pretty fucking good, you know? <laughs> Albert Abreu. As Jim says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah. All due respect to Albert Abreu. He's, he's had some nice moments. I appreciate him, but I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, how about Ron Marnaccio? He, talk about a tale of two halves. He had a nice first half, and then he kind of fell off the face of the earth. He got sent down. Yeah, uh, I still... Ron Marnaccio uh, allowed to stay or scored off the premises? I still trust Ron. I think uh, he's young enough where you can kind of mold him, and, and he's shown enough promise Uh to where I think he, he's earned a, a roster spot. So we'll keep him. But, the, I mean, the leash isn't super long. I think another season, like he showed in the second half, it's probably time is up, but uh, we'll give him another shot. Oh, absolutely. This guy is uh, he's worth the shot. I think you, the relievers are such a volatile. He's no he's no Albert Abreu, that's for sure. So um, the, the highs were high, and if he can I, – I, the Yankees are very good at – but you know, Albert Abreu's side very good at kind of molding these relievers, and and like the Chad Green thing in 2019 when he they sent him down, they re they got him back into form. 
they're good at figuring out how to get these guys back to where they were. And I, I'm, I'm confident he's going to be a, a staple of our bullpen next year. Yeah, me too. Bring him back. Um, He's a Jersey guy from Tom's River. Uh, and I think we've seen enough good baseball out of him. Hopefully he sorts himself out and he's more like first half round than second half round. Mm-hmm. Uh, my guy, the guy who has filled the Lucas Litke sized hole in my heart, Ian Hamilton. Stay or go. Um, well, how old is he? He's he's getting up there. Eight, maybe. Oh, okay. I thought he was older for some reason. Whoa, microphone. Um, yeah, it's because we'll... he he looks like he's been through some shit. <laughs> he really does. Uh, I thought he was much older. So, um, twenty eight. Yeah, we'll keep Ian Hamilton. I think he showed enough, but similar. I'm not like necessarily in love with tied tied down with him. Uh, but we'll keep him for another year. Yeah, I liked him a lot. I think Ian Hamilton was so good. He was, he's totally, I'd give him a, I, I even like, I know like he's weak under control, but I'd, I mean, so why would you give him an extension? But I, I, I hold a lot of Ian Hamilton stock. I'm with you, Demar. I know Demar's going to about, is going <laughs> to give his thoughts, but I know what they're going to be. So yeah, Gruber's on the right side of this. Give him an extension. <laughs> I, I fully, I mean it. Like this guy is great and uh, he's, he's cheap. I don't want an extension that would make him not cheap for the next few years, but you know, lock him up till he's 34 or something like he's actually, I think under team control for a second. Um, But I, I think you were underselling him OJ when you're like, yeah, he's a solid pitcher. He's a revelation. Ian Hamilton, 58 <laughs> innings pitched a two, six, four ERA in 39 games and a 1.2 whip. This is somebody who had up until this season, pitched 15 games total for the White Sox and Twins. He pitched one for the Twins, 14 for the White Sox, and he had never really been that good. He had that pitch to Slambio that they were like, oh, we really like that. And uh, they're just able to kind of soup him up. It's like you said, Gruber, the Yankees have a way with these uh, these relievers, and I want to see Ian Hamilton in this bullpen for years to come. If the Padres say... We'll do this trade. We just want Ian Hamilton. I spit in their face and hang up the phone. Um, no, I'd probably trade him for Juan Soto. But apart from Juan Soto, like I don't know, I would, I would value Ian Hamilton pretty highly. Uh, and for sure, I want him to be a, a part of the team for years to come. Tommy Canley, uh, he was pretty good. It took him a while to come back, but once he came back, pretty good. Two six six ERA. Uh, do you want Tommy Canley to remain? Or to no longer remain. All all of Tommy Canley remain purely yeah. for vibes. I think <laughs> yeah, I, I like what I like what I see. I just like you know, of course, injuries are always a concern with him, but it's doesn't. I mean, look, it's, it's you keep him, you keep him. It's hard to find like it's hard to find somebody who can go out there and not totally crap the bed every time. So it's he's a. He's a major league relief pitcher, and he's going to be a Yankee. So yes, I agree. Speaking of major league relief pitchers, we're about to get to the section where it's uh, it's maybe not so certain. Actually, no, I'm sorry. There's a lot of there's a lot of major league relief pitchers still to come, but this guy is kind of on the fringe. He might be a high A guy. Uh, I'm sorry, a quadruple A guy, not a high A guy. Um, Nick <laughs> Ramirez. <laughs> Nick Ramirez quietly pitched 32 games for the Yankees to a 2.66 ERA. Um, that is like the exact same line as Tommy Canley, but with 10 less appearances, he's a lefty. Um, he was kind of in and out 
uh, as far as uh, the major league roster went, but do you want Nick Ramirez as part of the 2024 Yankees? Uh, yeah, I think if anybody that throws the ball with their left hand, I think uh, we should value in this team just because we don't have many. And uh, no, those numbers shocked me. I, I did not expect to hear that. So purely off that and the fact that he throws with his left hand, we'll keep him. Keep him, but let's let's try to find some better options. But yes, I agree with Gruber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of the same way. I'm fully buying Ian Hamilton. And I was like, you know, he's a revelation. I don't know if I feel that. Uh, I mean, they had almost the same ERA, uh, but I didn't feel the same way I did when Nick Ramirez was on the mound. I didn't feel confident, um, and I think it was a lot of low uh, or even like true garbage time. I don't think he was uh he was in when you know we really needed an out uh the way Ian Hamilton sometimes was. Uh but you know, really good job by Nick Ramirez. Nick Ramirez is 33 years old. I didn't know that. Um, I assumed he was closer to like an Ian an Ian Hamilton 28. Um <laughs> Jimmy Cordero suspended for domestic violence. I assume this is a he I mean for what is worth 31 games, 386 ERA, uh, 32 innings pitched. Um, yeah, there's no need to not, no need to prioritize him. He's yeah, we should just another guy. Domestic violence guys. We, I would really prefer them not be on our I team. I agree. Yeah. They're, they're like it's the new World Series trophies for our team. We have so many. Well, I think I think we are gonna have none this year. Hopefully, um, I like that. Yeah, I like that now, too. Let's go to a uh, an old friend who unfortunately didn't get a lot of run this year, um, but he was pretty good when he did. 17 games pitched, 17 innings, a 3.06 ERA. Jonathan Lewisica, uh, do you want him to reappear or to disappear? Reappear. Uh, I have a lot of faith in Johnny Lasagna. I think if Clay ever does hit some of those lows, I, I think – Luizic is a good substitute to fill in the closer role, him with Wandy, um, based on matchups. But yeah, Luizic will keep him around. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a Yankee. He's saying, well, no, no reason not to find a way to get him out of this team. No yeah, reason. Johnny L. Hopefully he can stay healthy this year. Uh, here's something weird. Jonathan Luizic is 28 years old. Greg Weissert is also 28 years old. Um, do you want uh Greg to? Uh, stick around and be promoted to the head of um, <laughs> of Waystar Royco, or do you want him to be fired and start walking off sadly into Battery Park? Mm, nah, I think he's he's kind of just sending another... Greg into Battery Park, OJ. Yeah, he's wow. just another guy. Uh, it's yeah, like kind of is. <laughs> you could pick him up off the streets. Right. Uh, he doesn't. Yeah, he's he's not. Sounds like you sound like Tom. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. I'm doing Tom. No, I'm saying OJ sounds like Tom. <laughs> oh, OJ. He's just another guy. Greg, um, you're just another guy, Greg. <laughs> yeah, look, he had a four ERA, a four oh five, which isn't bad, but you know, I think, you know, I think you run him out. You know, maybe I have a good feeling actually about it. For some reason, I get, I, I, I think, a four ERA is not bad. I don't know, like. You, 
And we're it's not, not gonna, very good actually for a reliever right now. Yeah, we're not going to trust him in big moments, but like it's good to have a guy like that who can eat some innings. I'd rather have him than Albert Abreu, you know? Yeah. That's why let's just he'll be he our shit. seem a little bit fascinated with Greg Weiser. Um, I'll never forget when they brought him in to face Carlos Correa. I'll never forget it ever. <laughs> um, I was so mad about that. Uh, just because Carlos Correa always, always gets us. And I hate Carlos Correa. And when they brought in Greg Weiser, I knew that was going to happen. I knew exactly what happened was going to happen. And it happened. Um, so if, if we can trust the Yankees not to try to force him into high leverage if he's not pitching well, then I'm fine with Greg Weiser being just a guy, sort of stash him and bring him up and down when we need him. Um, if we can't trust them, then we have to take Greg Weissert away for their own good because, like, Greg Weissert is not a high-leverage reliever right now. So yeah. I guess he can wait in the lobby of the building for now for me. Uh-huh. For now. Um, <laughs> Keenan Middleton pitched – to a 188 ERA in 12 games with the Yankees. Is that right? Like, what? Good. He was good. I Look mean, at that. Should we re sign Keenan? Sure. He's a Yankee. How many innings? Did he, like 14. 30, th- 14 innings. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I guess the sample size isn't large enough to make a, a sound decision, but in that case, we'll keep him and, and let him prove that the 188 ERA is going to last over a full season. So we'll keep him. We're keeping him, and if, yeah, no matter what. I mean, I wouldn't sign him to a big deal, but like I would re-sign him if he if he wants to come back. He's friends with Judge. He was going to the U.S. Open with Judge and stuff. So, and we'll talk about later. That might be a might be a good way to get on the Yankees, honestly. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I'm gonna go through. Actually, I'm gonna draw the line a little bit lower because I think this guy, in his very solid eight appearances, deserves his own segment here. Ryan Weber, the Web Dog. 32 years old. Um, he pitched to a 3-1-4 ERA. Um, and I was really impressed with him. I, I don't think we're going to bring him back, but he's also kind of a boomerang guy. He boomeranged back to us this year. I am going to say specifically, I would love for him to boomerang back to us, which is not exactly keep him, but it's also not let him go. Yeah, just another guy. Jag, as they say. Oh, my God. Send him away. Okay, I'm going to drop some serious stats on you guys now in defense of my guy, Ryan Weber. <laughs> Ryan Weber, in all of his all of his uh, Yankee glory, okay, he has played for one, two, three, four, five, six major league franchises, okay? We are going to wash away three of them because he pitched uh, three or more games for them. So that's the Mariners, Rays, and Brewers, all gone, okay? For the Red Sox and the Braves, he had respectively a 5.54 ERA and a 5.15 ERA in 36 and 21 appearances. Okay, for the New York baseball Yankees, he had a 2.16 ERA in 13 appearances. He is a magic Yankee who, when he comes on the mound, just like the best comes out of him. And we owe it to Ryan Weber to uh, reach his full potential in the Bronx. So if nobody else wants him. And he's just kicking around. Come back home, Web Dog, and we will uh, make you the pitcher that you always wanted to be. Or if you want to go out and like, you know, play for the Diamondbacks or something, and you'll be a five fifteen pitcher. That's fine. And then just come home in twenty twenty four, and you'll be lights out again. So that's my soliloquy on Ryan Weber. Sure. Uh, 
I mean, the numbers don't lie. Now <laughs> we're going to run through some of the similar guys. Uh, I can't imagine you guys want to keep any of these guys. Some of them are already gone, but give me a shout. Actually, Luke Weaver, <laughs> he pitched pretty well at times for us. Three starts, uh, 13, nah. 338. Anyone? Can I interest you in a Luke Weaver? No. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, I wouldn't be mad if they wanted to. Colton Brewer, he was gone after, uh, I feel like, a month or so. But they're not even. He only pitched three games for the Yankees. I don't think we need any more Colton Brewer. Uh, Davey Garcia, he's off in Chicago. Hell no. Yeah. Talking about new blood. We need, yeah. See, that's old blood right there. Yeah. That is old blood. Uh, Zach McAllister, 35 years old. That's a different kind of old blood. Um, <laughs> no. He had some nice moments in the in the We've Given Up Yankees era, but uh, yeah, I don't know if we need more of him. That's Matt it. Crook, he did not have nice moments. Do you know what Matt Crook's ERA on the season was? 1,000. <laughs> 24.75. Like, geez. Wow. That's tough. Um, I assume we don't want Matt Crook, right? No. Nope. Matt Bowman? No. Nope. Anthony Misevich. No. He he had some real nice moments in the but, we've given up Yankees era. He was he was good until he got nailed in the head. Um oh well maybe that messed him up for next season. I hope not. I wish all the best to Anthony Misevich. Uh, I did not learn that guy's name just for him to get rock next season. Um I don't even remember Yontres Gomez pitched for the Yankees this year. Who? Yeah, Andres Gomez. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Keep okay. him. Keep him. Yeah, we can't get burned by the Andres Gomez uh, thing. Here's a here's an interesting one. Frankie Montas. It's a good way to end. Nah. Um. Wait. Is he he's a free agent, right? Yeah, he's a free agent. Then no, no. He's just a disgusting, disgusting trade. Don't if he's a free agent. I keep him. I mean, I was for it at the time, but I just cannot believe that happened. Like, yeah. just absolutely blew up in our faces, that Frankie, that Frankie Montas trade. Oh, Frankie. Yeah, that trade. So that's all the 2023 Yankees. Uh, hopefully they listened to all of our advice. Um, real quick, let's talk about how the Yankees' front office and ownership have handled the press in the aftermath of, of the 2023 season. Um First, Hal Steinbrenner gave what was a pretty um, critical press conference about their process, and he he called it an embarrassment. I think he called it a failure. He was he was very um, very honest and and very hypercritical about uh, what he saw as the Yankee shortcomings. Um, he also said a little bit weirdly that the Yankees are going to bunt more next year because Aaron Boone thinks it's a big part of the game and uh or it will be a big part of the game again that it's coming back. Uh what did you get from this sort of weird hal appearance the sort of hypercriticalness the comments on bunting like what stuck out to you and and how did you feel about it? Just a bizarre <clears throat> press conference all around. Everything that they've been talking to the media this offseason's been bizarre and the bunting thing, like that was just really weird. I don't know what the genesis of that is, whether he's hearing that from like the analytics team and he's kind of just parroting what they're telling him or if that's purely his decision that he wants to start bunting more. 
uh i don't know maybe he's talking to like his country club friends and they're like you know you should probably bunt more and he's just i don't know it's weird it's 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 a weird thing to talk about in the offseason in that sort of press conference um so that definitely stuck out the most but uh just all the quotes coming out are, are kind of make you raise an eyebrow at what the intention is and what kind of yeah i was trying to get a sense of what way he was going to go whether he was going to clean house or something like that the audit situation i don't know there's a lot of ambiguity ambiguity going on and he's these quotes are not helping yeah it's it's weird i don't know what the bunt the bunting thing is the most bizarre it's like they didn't watch baseball or they don't know i maybe if bunting does come back i will totally rescind these comments and i will go to boone's house and, and i'll write him a letter but Clear, this well, the is... Diamondbacks are bunting. I think that's got to be like what they've been watching. Like they saw the Diamondbacks do well with not great hitting, and they're like, "Well, they're bunting." So sounds like a camp owner that I, we know, that, <laughs> but it just it's rooted in. I don't know what I don't even know if he said that. I think how could have even been lying? You know, I don't even. It's just such a crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy time to be a fan of this team because I, I, it, they see, it seems like they're being run by people who don't have a clue what's going on. And I know like this is the diamondbacks, but this is the New York Yankees. We have our three fourteen in the right field. Let's get some freaking lefties. Let's put the, let's, let's get we're the Bronx bombers. We're not the bunters. Let's that's it. That's all, you know, that, that's a pretty angry. It's not fun. It's not fun. Baseball actually winning baseball is fun. Baseball. So if we could place buns excellently all across the field. That would actually be pretty cool and worthwhile watching. If we do that and we win a world series, let's do it. But this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was weird. For me, and we'll talk about the Brian Cashman thing now, the weirdest thing about the Hal press conference, um, even weirder than the bunting thing, which is very weird, um, was the bizarre Brian Cashman meeting with the press that happened shortly after. Um, I've never seen anything like this. Brian Cashman was just openly very combative with the media. He was like... He was cursing a little bit like he had the famous uh, sort of viral on Yankees Twitter. I think we're pretty fucking good comment, Um, which for me, I am fine hearing that last year. It's like if he wanted to come out and everyone's criticizing the Yankees for getting swept by the uh, the Astros in the ALCS and he wants to come out and be like, I think we're pretty fucking good. Um, I'm like, yeah, you are like, (laughs) say it like say with the chest. You made a good team. It's annoying to lose like that, but that doesn't mean we're not good. To say it after the 82 and 80 season where we barely eked out a winning record, I think it's a weird it's a weird tone. And then the the disconnect between his tone and Hal's tone was just odd to me. Like on one hand, we have Hal Steinbrenner saying like this was not at all acceptable. We are tearing uh our whole sort of approach to things all the way down to the point that we're going to start bunting more. And then you have Brian Cashman being like, we're pretty fucking good. Uh, What else could we have done given the injuries? I just, I don't like the disconnect. It's a concerning look into, I think, the behind the scenes of the Yankees organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, I think that, he is in a kind of in a corner with these with the media and i don't know if it's kind of like a dog back to a wall right they're they're gonna bark and they're gonna fight they're gonna claw and 
it's not a good look though for the head of a fran the head of a franchise's you know player operations to kind of be so you know so kind of combative and it's it's a, it's an attack on like he's been with the Yankees since he was a kid right this is like you know he has no other job he's no no very you know, long time yeah. yeah he's a part of the family right he's literally he has a seat at the table and he feels he feels the pressure this is a sign this is all kind of coming from the fact that for the first time ever he has you know you know the guns aimed at him and if he and if he doesn't have a if the Yankees don't make the playoffs this year I think he's gone and I think yeah, that's I much the consensus around the league around the reporters around the fans and I know a lot of fans already want him gone and I I mean this is the requisite reaction for a guy who's pinned against the wall. And I think, yeah, but I do. And, but that said, and we'll talk about this, I think we're going to get some free agents. I think they're going to spend, and we're going to bring in a lot of guys, maybe not a lot of big guys and maybe, but a lot of different guys and a lot of new blood. And if we, if we don't, and we're seeing Johnny Brito pitch, if he's the fourth, if he's the fourth start, right. Things like that. I think that's not going to happen. Um, it's just not. I th- this is a sign that this is not going to happen. We've never seen this side of Cashman, and I'd even argue it's a good. I, I'm going to yeah, maybe so there's something you like about like sort of the ordinary side of Cashman coming out. It shows that he cares, and we know he cares. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just see him. Let's the thing. Like I said earlier, a lot of ifs, right? It's going to yeah. be a prove it thing. Let's see what he does in free agency. Start. Let's see what he does. Let's what do you think about the people that are saying like he's trying to get fired based on these quotes? No I way. don't. I think there's so many stupid people out there. Yeah, right? yeah. that is <laughs> um, like <laughs> this has been his job for almost all of our entire lives has been this job. He's not trying to get fired. Like, what are you <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> um, so bad. I just realized, actually, we skipped one kind of important person in the stay or go segment. Um, What do you think about Oswald Peraza? Because I was about to bring him up in the context of Cashman's presser where he went back and forth about Oswald Praza and I don't know how I missed him uh, what I heard yeah say it again I think Cashman's gonna trade him but I, and I would probably too for Soto yeah I mean That's- for sure for Soto I'd trade him but um so I guess that is a go then right yeah sounded like um I guess it's a go yeah, in the right context for Soto for sure stay but uh, go in the right context and yeah Schmidt sort of thing yeah I, I tend to agree with that Mm-hmm. The so the one sort of really really contentious back and forth that Cashman had, I watched like half an hour of this of this uh sort of press meeting he had. It wasn't really a conference, I don't think, but also it was it was um extended and the press had a lot of access. Was he got very annoyed when he was talking about Peraza. And he kept saying there was no lane for him rather than he wasn't hitting. And the reporter was trying to say uh, that the Yankees aren't able to develop hitters, essentially. And Cashman started talking about how he thought they were developing Volpe and that it wasn't fair to use Oswald Peraza as a example of someone they hadn't developed because he didn't have a lane. And the reporter was saying, well, if he was hitting, he would have created a lane. And Cashman was like, well, there was Donaldson, there was LeMahieu, there was Volpe. Like, there wasn't a lane. And it was weird because I actually found myself kind of agreeing with Cashman. But what I didn't like was, like, he viewed Donaldson as, like, someone who you had to play. Um, And, like, I agree, you have to play Glaber. You have to 
I mean, you can move the lineup around so that you play LeMahieu in various spots, but you have to play DJ. And when you chose Volpe in spring training, you have to play Volpe. It was, it was interesting because Cashman was making some good points, but also you could see this rigidity that, um, that I think is probably hurting them in that he couldn't, he saw this as just like, uh, we traded for Donaldson. We got to play Donaldson. Um, and I think it's fair. It's fair. What Cashman is saying that you can't say that they're not developing Peraza as a hitter because he hasn't played enough. And he was hitting a little bit at times late when he was playing, but really like he he's played in such such a limited uh, sample size that I don't think you can assess him as a major league hitter. Um, it's just the context that you saw him say it in was so bizarre. And when paired with all of this sort of uncharacteristically uh, very bombastic uh, talk, it was just it was a very not Yankee like spectacle from the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, he definitely made some good points that that like you said, we can definitely all back. Uh it's just the delivery which was very eye- eyebrow raising and um like we've echoed kind of it, it does show a little bit of uh I don't know, it it gives a window into like yeah, the pressure's on and I think he knows it, everybody knows it, the the press knows it. So they're going to he's going to get the questions throughout the season if it doesn't go right. Um so it's really playoffs or bust with him. He knows that. And I think it's a telltale sign that he's, uh, I don't know, his back's against the wall. But I think I have faith in Cashman. I think he's a smart guy. I think he, uh, you know, when the pressure's on like this, I think he's going to pull out all the stops and, and hopefully he makes a big splash, whether it be Soto or in another direction. But um, I don't know. It's just not a good start to the to the uh, off season and in, in such an important season coming off uh, last year, not making the playoffs. So overall it's, it's not giving me great vibes, but like you said, he did make some good points that, that can definitely be argued. Yeah. I, I could, you could argue a lot. I, 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 tr- I trust this. I trust the guy. I trust him. And I think we're actually going to make the playoffs this year. I think we're going to rebound. I, I, there is reason to believe and, I think the commotion this offseason is a good thing. It's bad when it maybe and I think making the not making the playoffs was a good thing instead of eking in and meekly going out. But we haven't really meek but meekly going yeah, out that, is a lot better than meekly going out a wild card. That's another thing, right? So Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I that think, I agree with. I agree because you know, if we had a twenty twenty one, I do think that maybe the organization wouldn't feel what, like they have to do big things as urgently. Um they would not and I, I think they do. I think it's it's but at the same time, I don't like the chaos. It seems like that. It's like I don't like Brian Cashman saying, oh, like bragging kind of. We have the smallest analytics department in the AL or something. Like, I don't get where that comes from because on one hand, a lot of your decision making comes from analytics. So should you be bragging about that? And nobody cares about the size of departments. It's just like it's missing the point. Like it's about how you apply those analytics and and how they guide your personnel decisions. Like it doesn't matter if it's two guys doing it or 200. And I think the Yankees are very committed to analytics. And the the idea that they're showing us that they're not actually is weird. The idea that they're trying to prove that they're not because of 
the number of people in that department is weird. It's just like it was so many weird things that he was saying, and I couldn't figure out why he was saying it um, or exactly who his audience was, if it was the fans, if it was the writers, if it was. And and the other thing is like the whole backdrop to this was how mentioned that he was having meetings with Judge, which is interesting. Um and I guess it makes sense. You sign Judge to this huge contract. He's going to be a part of some of the big uh, choices you have to make. Um, and Judge made this comment about how they need more RBIs and and hits and stuff, which I agree with. And a lot of the analytics people on Twitter were like clowning him because like you know batting average and RBIs aren't what's in in the uh, in the modern way of looking at baseball. But um, there are some people who are like, is Cashman annoyed? that judge is having a bit of a role in decision-making and, and is that what got him sort of so on his heels? I just, there's so much noise around everything right now with the Yankees. It's, it's hard to figure out what exactly is going on. And I don't like that. This was sort of the front facing face of the Yankees in that moment of like a lot of noise. Parents are fighting and we're like the kid in the back seat hiding. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, man. It's Fair uncomfortable. Uh, so speaking of judge and his possible role in decision-making new hitting coach is James Rosen. I think I'm pronouncing it right. It could be Rousen. Um, But James Rousen or Rosen has experience with the Yankees as a hitting coordinator when judge was in the minors. Um, and then he was a hitting coach for the Twins um, from 2017 to 19. That includes the year that they broke the home run record. And the Yankees also broke the home run record, but the Twins had more home runs that year. Uh, he was then a um, a bench coach with the Marlins from 20 to 22. And then last year, he was the Tigers hitting coach. The Tigers were terrible at hitting, but it wasn't obviously the fault of their hitting coach. Uh, what do we think of this hire? Yeah, it's it's obviously hard to uh, critique it or or give a strong opinion, but good resume. Um, I think we needed. I think the episode or the title of this episode might be "New Blood." We it's a blood. common thing that keeps coming up. We needed new blood. We needed new coaches everywhere. I think you just you got to restart. And uh, like I said, good resume. He he he's got a good track record. Um. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. The fact that he already has uh, the relationship with Judge is big, and then he, he's proven in Minnesota where they hit bombs. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a, a stress on this team. Uh, just try and hit home runs, which is the analytical way. So we will see. Yeah, I mean, he is new blood, but it's worth mentioning. Like he's new blood that was in the Yankee organization from 2013 right. to 2016. So he's not like entirely new blood. And also uh, our last full-time hitting coach was Dylan Lawson, who was also a minor league hitting coordinator. Um, and we fired him. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like Robson is not from the Lawson school of his whole thing was hit strikes hard, which obviously everyone wants to do. But I think that takes on like sort of a change in some people's approaches in terms of what you swing at, how you swing. Um, and that's kind of what they were throwing out when they fired Lawson. Um, I There's a little bit of me that's like, I don't know, because it seemed like they were hiring Sean Casey for a reason, and I don't think you can say that Sean Casey like fixed the Yankees' hitting problems, but 
Uh, he certainly seemed to resonate with DJ and maybe some of the veterans. Uh, and James Rosen feels like not that lane. Um, but I guess he's also in an, he's not really the Dylan Lawson lane. If it, it feels a little like um, the Dylan Lawson lane. And again, I thought they were trying to like really change their direction. But also, like you said, he has a good resume. Um, and I'm not entirely sure that I think a hitting coach makes that big a difference. Um, yeah so i agree yeah I, those are my thoughts on it aaron judge proves i approve so he it's definitely true. had a say yeah and him and judge having a good relationship is kind of something that'll come to the forefront because you know there are other people out there on the free agent market <clears throat> that judge has a good relationship with maybe somebody who just won a cy young with the san diego padres and it will be interesting to see if that is how Judge is trying to sort of exert his new um, sway in the Yankees front office, or if this is kind of an obvious place to bring Judge in and be like, hey, you, you're the best hitter. You're the guy who's, you know, contracted for nine more years. Um, you should have input on the hitting coach. Uh, I do think that I like the idea <laughs> of judge and Hal just being friends now which it seems like they kind of are and judge being like uh throwing all of these personnel things out sort of like a a quasi assistant gm i think it's an interesting uh an interesting dynamic that we'll see how that evolves and 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 you know maybe that is a part of what was uh sort of annoying cashman or maybe cashman was just like, hey, I've never created a team that hasn't had a winning record. You guys get off my back. But yeah. I just – this is not a dynamic that we see with a lot of star players. There are some star players that have this. Judge yeah. appears to be one of them now, but it's not something that you see with a lot of them. Yeah, Especially LeBron. in baseball, it's rare. Yeah. LeBron, Brady. Well, there's a lot of basketball players. but and And for what it's worth, especially in basketball, it seems like they're not very good at it. Yeah. So Durant got the Nets to draft Cam Thomas and then left us. So he left us in good hands. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure a lot of Nets fans are thankful to Kevin Durant. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> our shoes. It would have been a lot different place. Yeah. <laughs> and then even outside of that one weird interaction with the press, Brian Cashman has been saying more weird things like this comment on Giancarlo Stanton. Quote, we try to limit the time he's down, but I'm going to tell you, I'm sorry, we try to limit the time he's down, but I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt again, more likely than not, because it seems to be part of his game. Um, I think a lot of fans have said something like this. It is disconcerting to see the GM say this. Like, oh, dang, big moment. <laughs> oh, my God. Brian Cashman, like, I don't even know. On one hand, you can't get mad at him because he's he's right being real. But on the other hand, like, I don't know if you want to say this publicly. Like, tell me that he's going to be healthy. Tell me that you're going to do something with the training regimen. Tell me, tell me things that you're going to do to make this not the case. Because in some ways, it's kind of like waving the white flag to Stanton and all of his injuries. Like, this is yeah. just who he is. And we can do that as fans, but for the Yankees organizationally to do that when they're paying this guy 
$25 million or something. It's, it's not what you want to hear. Yeah. It's yeah. Like you said, on one, on one hand, he's right. And it's realistic, but like, uh, it is just kind of weird. And it's almost like you just want to just shut up. Like, it's like, he's manifesting it, like speaking, speaking it into existence. If you just don't talk about it, maybe he'll be healthy, but, um, no, it just overall it's giving weird vibes, this whole situation. And I really want to know his motive, like motivation behind this. I don't it's, exactly like what are you getting at? The here? beast and get him to stay yeah. healthy. I don't know. <laughs> Look, Reverse I jinx regimen. So it's not working, right? This is like that's the thing, right? Everything you try this every year, and maybe he just I, I think he probably does regret saying it. I do I do think that he does regret it, I bet. Because, yeah, probably got a lot of blowback. I wonder if he, he cares. I mean, the other thing is you're not going to trade somebody who you just said getting injured is a part of their game. Um, <laughs> also, I didn't hear the way he said it. I've only seen it in writing, but there's so much frustration in the wording here. Like, he's going to wind up getting hurt again more likely than not because it seems to be a part of his game. Like, it's almost like he's like, that's Negging a- Stanton into not getting hurt here. Like he's <laughs> like, well, it seems to be a part of your game, Giancarlo. So you're gonna wind up getting hurt, I guess. Uh just I would love the other thing he said, which is also true, is like Stanton has usually been good when he's played, and this year he wasn't good. It was like the first year that he wasn't good when he played. And it might be more important that they just focus on making sure he plays well when he plays than trying to you know, change all of his regimens so that he plays 30, 40 more games. Um, I don't know, though. If we can have a healthy Giancarlo who plays just like an average Giancarlo, um, that's still a really good power hitter. Uh, yeah. I think he's on the Yankees for yeah. several more years. So that he is. Something you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the Yankees have, as we covered briefly, non tendered a handful of guys. Um, Jake Bowers was traded to the Brewers for somebody named Jay Savina and somebody named Brian Sanchez. Haven't heard of either of them. And they non-tendered Domingo Herman, Albert Abreu, Anthony Masevich, and Lou Trevino. Um, I think the Bowers thing, he was probably never a part of the future, uh, for the Yankees. Um, Herman, I think we can agree had run his course. Misevich was barely on the team. Albert Abreu, we sort of talked about at length. Lou Trevino is an interesting um, case because we traded for him with the Montas trade. I think they wanted him to be a key part of the bullpen. Um, he would have been a little more expensive, which I think is why he was non-tendered. Do you guys like this, or do you think they should have held on to uh, Trevino? I think it's fine. I don't think any of these guys were going to be future pieces to this team. Um Lutrevino, like I guess he he showed some promise. He was a good reliever on the A's, I think, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, he he wasn't gonna be a, a keystone part to this team, so it's like whatever. Um, would it have been nice to have another reliable arm in the bullpen? Sure, but I'm not gonna you know pull my hair out over Lutrevino getting non-tender. So it's fun. We have a lot of relievers. We're deep there. It's, it's okay. Yeah, Trevino was going to be four point one, four point one million dollars, and I don't yeah, think he's worth that. That's too uh, much. He was not covered, I think, in our stay or go, but I think we're all fine with the go. Yeah. Um, the rest the, of the guys we touched on, I think. Yeah, the 
thing that's interesting about um sort of the i mean i don't know there's no one like shocking but it's just they haven't yet cut any catchers um and like i said they have so many it does make me think like is there a realistic shot that they break camp with three catchers because i did kind of expect i'm not sure i thought that they were gonna cut higgy or non-tender him but i thought maybe trading somebody maybe even trading uh trevi if they could really get something valuable out of him or at least trading work maybe non-tendering work um he is actually the last <laughs> the last player now from that five-person trade, the Gio Rochella and Gary Sanchez for Roard Vent, IKF, and Donaldson trade, who is on the team he was traded to. So maybe Cashman is still trying to squeeze some juice out of that. I just, this was the first kind of window for the non-tenders. I thought something would happen there with the catchers, just because there's so many of them. And mm-hmm. it's such an odd thing to see, but. Yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll work itself out eventually and they'll whittle it down to who deserves to play, but. It is kind of odd to carry so many catchers right now. For sure. Yeah. And then free agents. Uh, I believe that we're probably not signing any of these guys. Maybe if we sign one of them, it will be Keenan Middleton. But the guys who have just reached free agency, who were on the Yankees last year, Frankie Montas, Luis Severino, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, Franchi Cordero, Keenan Middleton, Zach McAllister, Luke Weaver, Matt Bowman, Ryan Weber, Jimmy Cordero, Billy McKinney. Um there's some people out there saying maybe a one-year prove-it deal for Frankie Montas. I don't want that. No. Uh, do you? No. No. Terrible. Um, terrible last year. Two, two years ago. It was, it was like one game last year. But Yeah, the market on him is going to be pretty cheap, I think. So I guess that's where people are getting that. And I'm sure Cashman would love to like show that it was a terrible trade yeah yeah um and i don't think it was a terrible trade at the time i liked it i just what a a just didn't work out yeah Yeah. um and you know you can add it to you know joey gallo josh donaldson it just it seems like recently we don't have the touch with these kinds of trades um do not not i mean is there anyone else from that list that you guys think we might be bringing back honestly no I think we pretty much touched on all of them in this day or go, and we, I think, say so can go to all these guys. So yeah, I think yeah. I'd be fine losing them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, now let's get into the really fun part. The Juan Soto rumors are flying. Um, I think you can't really go anywhere on Yankees Twitter right now and not see like a mock trade involving Clark Schmidt, Oswald Peraza, you know, Drew Thorpe. Like all these, all these pitching prospects whose whose names are being thrown out there. Uh, do you guys want the Yankees to do this? Absolutely, I think he's a great fit for Yankee Stadium, and just kind of fills the need of that last outfielder role that we need. Um, fun, young, five tools. Yeah, brings everything to the table, but it's just, and I'm pretty much willing to give up everybody. Like maybe not Dominguez and Judge and uh, maybe Volpe, but like everyone else, sure. Let's let's go for it. As long as he we and this is hard to do. We got to get him to sign the extension. Agree to sign the extension. Yeah, of course. Can't make this trade. That but that goes without saying. But yes. yeah, yeah. 
that. Yeah, I mean that's you got to be willing to shell out the money when you make the trade, and I think if if you're willing to shell out the money, he'll be willing to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, I I agree. There's a little part of me with Soto that kind of says like the potential has always been there, but has he ever been like a great great player? He's just been really good, which great, like great. is still worth signing. But like the thing with Soto is he has all this MLB experience and he's 25. Like he he's approaching his prime. Mm-hmm. Um, That's why you do the trade. He, he he came into the MLB at 19. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. That's why the hype has been so crazy around him is because he was able to adapt to MLB pitching at such a young age. And the Nationals just shot him through the system. And then he's playing in the World Series on the biggest stage at 20 years old. Like, it's 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 crazy. And, and he held his know, own. Even he in wasn't... his bad seasons, which he hasn't had very many, but he he's a high, high OBP guy, great power hitter, lefty. It's 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 a really good fit. Um, and even though I'm not sure I see Soto as like a future MVP the way a lot of people do, you just it's it's such a good fit. The Yankees, as we've said, need new blood. This is new blood. This is fun blood. This is someone who like everybody would be vibing with immediately when he's he's working walks and he's doing his shuffle as he. He pops out of the box for a second. Although I don't know how much he can do that anymore with the pitch clock. But, um, you know, he's he's pimping home runs. He's using that short porch. Like, this is just, this is such a good fit. Um, I hope that we make it happen. I'm not sure, like you said, I'm not sure who I wouldn't be able to give up, apart from Ian Hamilton, obviously. <laughs> um, I think, you know, Judge is obviously off the table. Ed isn't even a thing. Um, and you can rule out guys that have like a no trade clause like i think cole has a no trade clause lemayhew has a no trade clause um and stanton has a no trade clause so apart from that i really do kind of feel like everyone's on the table and i still don't want to overpay because there have been reports that they won't want pitching and that the other main suitors like the cubs don't want to give up the pitching that the Padres want. So it really does feel like this is the Yankees to fuck up. And it feels like he's really going to get traded. Jeff Passan has said a bunch of times now, this is real. The Padres are going to trade him. They need the, they need to be out from under that cap hit. Uh, it's he's the Yankees to lose. And this would give us another franchise player. This would give us three franchise players with the potential for more. If, Volpe pans out if like an Austin Wells pans out, maybe like this would be huge. This would be really huge. Got to make this happen, Brian. Yes, we do. Got to do it. Got to do it. Now, he's not the only one um, who's in the Yankees sights. We also have uh, a young man named. Hold on. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I was nervous about that first name, but I got it. Yoshimoto Yamamoto. Yo, no. <laughs> Yoshinobu. Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Um, he is a, a a young pitcher out of Japan, also 25 years old. Um, he has drawn a lot of interest all over MLB from various teams through 2023 in Japan. He has a seven and 29 record 
with a 182 ERA. So he's clearly too good for that league. Um, and he's he's going to a harder one. Uh, he was a great asset to Japan in the 2023 World Baseball Classic. He is someone who's generated a lot of buzz. With these Japanese players, I feel like there's always a lot of stuff about like a West Coast, like they'd prefer the West Coast. Um, but it seems like everybody who's willing to spend big money is kind of in on Yamamoto. Uh, how do you guys feel about him? I mean, with everything I've seen, this kid is damn impressive. The clips, the stats, uh, it all it all really does check out. And this kid looks like a, a really, really solid starter. You do always have concerns with the Japanese guys about the arm and the Tommy John. Has he gotten it yet? Did they overuse him in Japan? All that kind of stuff. But um, I'm sure teams have done their homework on that kind of stuff and, and are prepared to bake it into the, either the cost or like, you know, it all work itself out. But um, it's like the fact that we're tied to every free agent uh, it's like, oh, yeah, the Yankees will probably get him. Um, I don't know. It makes me nervous. I don't think I see it happening. I really don't. I, I would probably – I've been hearing a lot of Red Sox, Cubs, uh, Dodgers, of course, the, the classic teams, Mets, obviously. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say no, but obviously, like, I would surely take him, slot him in and – the number three slot, hopefully behind our hopeful Carlos Ordon. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm excited to see this kid pitch. See if he's truly uh, as advertised. Yeah, we're not gonna. I really don't think we're gonna get him. If we do, it'd be a heist. I think he might probably go to the Mets or one of these teams. And it's uh, it's worth pitching. It's worth pitching. Um, whatever, not pitching to it. Like you know, it's worth getting. It's worth talking with his agent and trying to get him to come to New York and. The Yankees are still the Yankees, and I'd say there's five percent chance we get him, and it's a good chance. It's just, I don't know. I don't think we can give out another big pitching contract either. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't be happy if we did, but I don't think they will give us another big pitching contract out. So, yeah, yeah. The Yankees have a pretty nice history of um, success with Japanese players. You know, Masahiro Tanaka, Hiroki Kuroda, Hideki Matsui. Like, we. It's kind of weird, actually. I think prior to Tanaka leaving in 2020, the Yankees had had a Japanese player on the roster for like 17 straight years or something like that. Um, so I would love to get uh, some of that energy back. The Japanese players, I find, uh, one, I find them to be great in big moments. I don't know if it's something about like just the way they pitch over there or maybe it's Japanese culture. or I just, I feel like, Japanese players often come through in big moments. Like playoff Tanaka was obviously sort of a legend. He was through 2019. He just, he was tremendous in the playoffs. Hideki Matsui, the, uh, the run in 2009 to the world series. He was incredible. And Hiroki Kuroda pitched really well in his years on the Yankees. Um, I, it seems like there was more sort of momentum around the Yankees signing him, uh, sort of in the fall, right? It's, fall technically but like earlier in the fall um closer to when the season was ending and cashman was in japan and stuff uh it just feels like it's not quite there anymore but the yankees uh and the mets are out there saying like 
there's no truth to the reports that he prefers to be in um I mean, on the West Coast. Uh, so that's promising. I would. Do you think that we can do like Soto and a huge signing, or do you think that's just not in the cards? It's, it's, Soto will be a huge Or do you get one thing? That's yeah, good. that's kind of the reason I don't think we're going to get Yamamoto. I think that all sites are set on Soto right now, and it, it might be like a pivot plan B if things don't work out that way, but. If we do get Soto, I'd be shocked if uh, if we pull the trigger on both of these guys. Yeah, Soto will then get like a 10-year deal or something something bigger than Trey Turner, which is like, yeah. you know what I mean? So no shot. No sh- I really actually, maybe I'm going to lower from 5% to 2.5%. So. The other thing is it feels to me like hitting is a bigger priority right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's always good to have a good starting arm, especially a young one. And, you know, Japanese players like... The other thing is historically, they are great pitchers. Like there are some players who have come over who haven't been able to adjust at the plate, but usually a great Japanese pitcher is a really good at least, or even great Japanese. Uh, uh, I mean, is a great MLB pitcher as well. So I don't, I don't know. I I think he's as as sure as you can get, pretty much for a pitcher that you can sign this young. Um, so, you know, I want them to be interested. I want them to be involved. Uh, I do kind of think it seems like that's not where things are headed, but, you know, spend money, guys. Spend money, new blood. I would love to get uh, some some Yamamoto in, uh, in the Bronx. Yep. Now, yep. it seems like we're all not super... Uh, Super confident that that's the pitcher we signed. But we did say the Yankees often sign sort of a free agent pitcher. Uh, There are a couple of people who are out there, a couple of former Yankees as well. Um, Who do you think would be a possible arm that the Yankees sign? I don't think it's reasonable to expect any of the former Yankees. Uh, Sonny Gray clearly didn't have what it takes to to fit New York Montgomery would be nice, but like it's the same kind of thing. He just, he f- clearly didn't reach his full potential here. So I'd be shocked if they re-signed any of those guys. Um, I don't know. I really don't think they're going to make a big splash at pitcher. I think it's going to be Soto, maybe Bellinger. Like Eduardo Rodriguez. That'd be cool. Yeah. He's yeah, that would really piss off Red Sox fans, which he yeah, he kind of worries me. I feel like he like a fifth, yeah, because he had a good like start to last season and he's never really shown that before. It was kind of out of nowhere and then things kind of regress to the mean. Um, like you said, fifth starter, that'd be I'd be totally fine with that. I think he provides more stability to the back half of the rotation, so I would take that. But like, none of these names are really jumping off the page to me. Um, but I think, like we've said, Cashman kind of needs to do something. So we'll see if he can pull some strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I don't think the Yankees are going to spend big on Jordan Montgomery or uh, certainly Sonny Gray. I don't think Jordan Montgomery, I think, might come back if if they wanted that. I don't think Sonny Gray would. Um, but I think... Uh, the interesting names to watch. I do think Shane Bieber kind of fits what Brian Cashman likes to do. 
And the situation that he's in is kind of interesting because, you know, he obviously has huge, huge upside, former Cy Young winner. And, uh, you know, he has he has an ace's ceiling. He also hasn't really been that ace for a couple of years um, and or really just last year. Um, and he's coming off an injury. So it's interesting to see what the market for Shane Bieber will be. I could see Cashman kind of uh, trying to sign Shane Bieber to sort of a Corey Kluber type thing, which he's not quite in the Corey Kluber stage of his career, but I could also see him trying to play on a one-year deal so he can have a huge, huge, massive sort of a Cole-like contract or a Rodon is probably a, uh, a more accurate um, name to throw out there where he shows he can do it and then he signs the massive deal. Um, so that could be a fun thing. Um, the other thing is, as I mentioned before, Aaron Judge and Blake Snell are really good friends. Um, and Blake Snell is coming off his best season of his career, really. Uh, he's kind of a weird case study and like he just allows himself to walk people and trusts himself to get out of the jams. And it worked for him. And as a result, some of the advanced metrics on him are not as good as they are for other pitchers because there's so much true outcome, three true outcome stuff where they penalize him for those walks more than they would for like a single or a double or something. So yeah, I think it would be interesting to see if the Yankees are interested in him, if that's how Judge wants to flex his power. I don't know. Um, I just know that Judge and Blake Snell are close friends. So. Yeah, he kind of makes me nervous just because that was such an anomaly last year. With the, I mean, it was a contract year, so he had an extra trip on his shoulder. I could kind of just see it similar with a lot of these big free agent pitcher signings that we've had recently where they come here and just really underwhelm. Um, and I don't think, you know, judge being friends with him and like talking him up is a reason to uh, really commit to a guy like that. Cause it would have to be a big contract. Like he's going to demand a lot of money coming off that year. So I'm not sold on Snell. I never, like you said, he walks so many guys and it just, it's, it's, you're really playing with fire when you're when you're that's your game plan. So I'm not sold on Blake Snell. So I had actually forgotten that in 2018, his other Cy Young year, Snell was even better than this. He had a 189 ERA, uh, and he got 21 wins. He pitched almost the exact same amount of innings. He got two more outs in 2018. So it's actually not the best season of his career, but it's it's a a clear second. And I would say looking through the catalog of Blake Snell years, he's had three years that he's pitched like an ace um, since he's become a full-time MLB player. And I don't know, you got to weigh that upside with, you know, if it's worth it to give him a huge contract. Let's stay away. I think consensus. We really, I agree. What I, do you I, think about uh, Shane Bieber on a shorter deal? I would, I would, yeah. Be more in favor of that for sure. Yeah, I take Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber. Um I don't he, know why. I, I thought he had a couple of down years, but it was really only the one last year. He was just not his his sort of ace. The self. ace, yeah. yeah. He um still very serviceable, yeah. I'll, I'll he has not had a season with 
anything lower than a 3-2-8 ERA since his rookie year in 2018, apart from last year when right. he pitched to a 3-8 ERA. Um, and like if, if yeah. we're being honest, if we sign Shane Bieber to a not long-term deal mm-hmm. and he has one or two years throwing a 3-8, I'm probably fine with it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it's like 150 plus innings, like I'm fine with it. Look, we're replacing no like Severino, who couldn't get through the first inning. I mean, this is like, you know, this there's it's all can... gravy. Yeah. All right, and then finally, the one thing that uh, the Yankees have obviously needed for some time now is a left-handed outfielding, a left-handed outfield bat. Um, there are a couple of options out there. One that's been kind of thrown around is trading for Alex Verdugo. Are you guys interested in that? I wouldn't mind that, but I don't see that happening. Yeah. Red Sox. Yeah, I don't like it, actually. And I don't know. Um, I think he's a good player. I do. He's a fine player. I just think we would be trading for, I mean, it isn't technically a rental because we would trade for him before the season, but like it's one year of Verdugo. And I'm not sure what we would be trading for him. I've seen a couple of people say Glaber Torres makes sense. And, nah. you know, to those people, I say, no, he doesn't. Um, because Glaber Torres is the that second trade best hitter be, on the Yankees. That would make no sense. And Alex Verdugo is not close to the hitter Glaber Torres is. Um, yeah, that would be idiotic. Be very I think, so this is obviously sort of apart from uh Soto because right now we don't have a center fielder and we don't have a left fielder. So there's those two outfield slots that we have to fill next to Judge. Um and I do think that Verdugo has I feel like he could maybe play center, but I don't think of him as a center fielder. And I think ideally we would be signing a center fielder, like a true center fielder. Um yeah. I think that's why so many people are excited by Cody Bellinger. Um Obviously, there's a little bit of like nerviness around Cody Bellinger because he has had like some very ugly uh, seasons at the plate, and you want to get sort of a a product you're more confident in. And this is not someone who's going to come on a short term deal. This is someone you got to shell out for. And I'm not really sure if I think that's really worth it right now, especially when we're presumably going to throw the keys to the Martian. But again, Cody Bellinger can play first base. Um, so hypothetically, in a situation where we sign Cody Bellinger for a long-term deal, Jason Dominguez comes back, then you could play Bellinger at first for the rest of his contract after Rizzo leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big part of the appeal, but it doesn't really excite me. I don't know. He's just... He... I don't know. I really don't even have anything to back it up. It's just I don't think he's going to be a great fit here. Um, Me neither. It's, I can't even quantify it at all. It's just a gut, gut feeling I have. Uh, he he just ha- has been such a disappointment. Like his first couple of years in the league, he was so good, MVP caliber. And then he really took a dive, became like a borderline AAA guy. And then when the contract's up, then he's sh- – pops out of nowhere again and becomes a good player and it makes me nervous it does um but i i i think 
I can envision it happening, which I don't love, but we'll see. I don't know. I think that's going to be the move, unfortunately. We, uh, I don't know. You can't, it's hard to find a player who can play in New York, but you got to, I don't know how you can even judge it because, you know, they, they, who's, they asked Rudinate Odor, would Joey Gallo have, be the, have be able to play in New York? Rudinate was like, yes, totally. <laughs> like, I mean, that was, I mean, of course, like, that's not a short thing, right? You know, also, like, you know, he was he was playing he was an all star that year it's totally different right so you got to do your due diligence and I think the Yankees need to trust their their gut and just and use that and compare it with the numbers and then make these decisions because this has like clearly been a real issue with a lot of more often than not lately the players we bring in can't play in this they they regress and they and they even and they have better seasons elsewhere you know and that's like and yeah it, I would hold how off. much of that do you think is like playing in New York versus like maybe in some ways coaching because certainly I think Sonny Gray in some ways I think was playing in New York in other ways I think like had we had Sonny Gray in the Matt Blake era I think the results are very different no Sonny Gray blamed them he threw the cutter I heard I don't know how I heard this but this is true it was 20% with the Yankees and now it was 10% with the Twins and he hates throwing the cutter I mean 10% though he wanted he almost wanted to say uh, 10% is still a lot but 20% is a fifth of the time right that's a big difference so he blames that. Um, that's just one example. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I just think the narrative on Sonny Gray is he couldn't pitch in New York when I think actually was there was, huh? yeah, he was he was struggling with some of the Larry Rothschild uh, sort of edicts on how to sequence and how to throw what. Um, and maybe had we had Sonny Gray in the Matt Blake era, then I think we get closer to what the Twins and the Reds have gotten out of Sonny Gray. Absolutely. And the and the A's, um, yeah. Yep. The so here's the thing about Cody Bellinger. <laughs> you said you couldn't quantify it. I think I can quantify it. Um, these are Cody Bellinger's home runs in his first three years in MLB: thirty nine, twenty five, forty seven. Then his next three years, granted, one is a COVID year. Um, so I'll multiply that by uh, three. I guess. So then it becomes uh, 36, great, 10 and 19, not so great. Um, these are his batting averages in his first three years, 267, 260, 305. Next three years, 239, 165, 210. These right. are his uh, his slugging percentages, 581, 470, 629. Then the next three years, 455, 302, 389. His OBP, 352, uh, oh boy. <laughs> oh, geez, baseball reference with all these pop-up bats. <laughs> um, 352, 343, and 406, his first three years, then 333, 240, and 265. So he was yeah. a way above league average hitter for three years. And then he had sort of the regression a little bit in the COVID year, which is kind of a weird year, but he was fine then. And then he had two atrocious seasons with the Dodgers. And it's just, it's kind of a red flag. At the yep. same time, if you get Cubs Cody Bellinger, if you get first three years Dodgers Cody Bellinger, you are getting an all-star player, an MVP player, yeah. uh, and someone who can play multiple positions. He can play corner outfield, he can play center field, and he can play first base. Like, I yeah. and I don't know if this is fair, but he gives off the um 
gives off weird vibes of like you know he's too cool for school he's like a stoner la guy and i don't know if it's gonna fit uh yeah, maybe but... we love california the yankees the yankees yeah. just exclusively get california guys um true but i actually think there's a fun subplot of his dad played for the yankees for three years he won yeah. two world series um and I think, I don't know. I think he would gel. I just, it's those two like horrible years. If we, there would for sure be the thing. If Cody Bellinger starts off the season hitting like 120, then the whole, the whole yeah. crowd would turn on him. Um, And I don't know. It is, it's kind of a tenuous spot. There aren't a lot. The market for center fielders who can hit is pretty limited. Um, Yeah. The other name that I've seen, in trade rumors, apart from Verdugo, which I should say, like Jeff Patson came out and said they're actually not doing that trade. It, it was just flying around from a lot of like less reliable sources, which is good. Um, yeah. But the the other option, I guess, is Manuel Margot, who's not a lefty. Um, and he's not even a true center fielder. He's more of a right fielder who plays center field. Um, I don't know if I like that better than Cody yeah. Bellinger. I might like it more for a for the contract that we'd have to give Cody Bellinger, but also like, I don't want to give up like a real asset for Manuel, for Manuel Margot. So yeah, I don't not know. sold on him, but like you said, uh, contractually, I guess if it makes more financial sense, but neither of those names really move me too much. Uh, He's also someone just who like, Soto. how do you, how do so- you get him to shave his beard? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Soto or bust really. I think that's what it yeah, is. Soto or bust. Do you think that if we get Soto though, then we don't have to sign another outfielder? Because I, I, I still think we need someone to play center. Mm, if we get Soto, we will piecemeal it. We'll figure something out. Piecemeal like, it. I, I really. Maybe IKF. Okay. <laughs> maybe he could play center. IKCF is back. <laughs> Kevin Kiermeyer or something. That's yeah. true. There's been a lot Take of rumors it. about Kevin Kiermeyer as well. But please, like, like that. that? Good, good defense and a lefty. I'd prefer with Soto, yes. But if that's the only, if that's the only move yeah, now. Yeah. The problem uh, for Kevin Kiermeyer is that I hate him. He's so annoying. <laughs> you have to learn to love him. Yeah, he's one of those yeah. guys. He when is, he's on your team, you probably yeah. like him. Got it. He's such a fucking Brett. wannabe Brett Gardner. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Well, Brett Gardner, um, cool too. So, should we call <laughs> Brett Gardner? He hasn't retired. You know, Brett Gardner has been out of the league for. <laughs> Uh, two years, I think now, but if we called Brett Gardner, he would show up and he would do the exact same thing he did in 2021. The exact same Definitely. thing. Definitely. Exact yeah. same line, exact same defense. He would hit, hold on. Brett Gardner in 2024 would hit exactly 222 with a 362 slug and hit 10 home runs. He That's would. exactly what Brett Gardner would do. He would. All right. So that was quite a long episode. We had a lot to cover, but uh, thank you guys for staying with us. We'll have another episode uh, sometime next week or the week after that. Uh, from all of us, all three of us here at Start Spreading the News, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving and uh, a wonderful start to the holiday season. You can follow us on Twitter at, at SSTNPod. You can follow OJ at Jacob Jalvo Gruber at JGruber12 and me at D underscore Mart97. 
Uh, happy Thanksgiving and uh, thanks for listening. Peace.